0: wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 120. It is the season 12 finale of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you here on this Monday, March 4th, 2019. I, of course, am Joe Morata alongside Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hi. How's it going, man? It's March. You happy? Yeah, it's March. All right. March madness. Does that mean it's going to get warmer soon? Oh, I, we can only hope so, Quinn. It's been an up and down winter here. Uh, I'd yep. say it's been a little warmer than usual, but we've had Slightly. some cold ones. Yes, it,
1: it, when, they, when the cold comes in, it, it's merciless. It's like Vince McMahon or something. <laughs> it's
0: no mercy, the yeah. pay-per-view. And yep. uh, folks, thanks so much for having some mercy and listening to us here this week. As we wrap up season 12 here to kick off March, Quinn, we've got some interesting topics in store for the fans. But before we get to any of those topics, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't yet and you have a Twitter, you can go to at OVP podcast and follow us there. You can also send us an email if you'd like. We do accept emails at OVP podcast at gmail.com. That is VP podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best Internet presence I think that we have right now is over on the Facebook group. Michael. It's over at facebook.com slash presents. <laughs> Not
1: spelled like presents from Christmas, but like presents. Dense, yeah, with a with C. A C. Yes. Yeah, that kind of spelling.
0: of apples um, with a C. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. Um, it has a search bar. We hear this. Mm-hmm. Search bar with a C. I yeah, ordered a no, drink I, there once. Yeah, that's not even a thing. At the search bar. Anyway, Thank you. you. in the search bar, you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, and uh, you hit the button and the series of tubes as yep. we have discussed on this podcast sure. before. Al Gore. Uh, bop, bop, boop. The operators standing by. They let you in. Right, Kaflui. Yeah, you hit join group, and you're in.
0: Yeah, And, and then you can post gifts and pictures and, I don't, and argue and debate and spark discussion. Get mad about you know, <laughs> announcers or whatever. <laughs> and if you're Richard Land, just post hideous pictures of screen caps. He's a visual storyteller <laughs> yeah. according to Facebook. Uh, right whatever that. that means. Well folks, <laughs> if you want to be a visual storyteller, head on over to our Facebook group there, the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Discussion Group. And I want to mention about that group. You know, a lot of places on the internet, maybe Twitter included and other groups and forums and chats and things like that. You know, there tends to be a lot of sniping and negativity, but we We don't really try to uh, encourage that type of behavior. It's more of an all-encompassing, welcoming environment, Michael. You say that until we get like a Discord server or something (laughs) eventually. No, No. but go to the group because it's fun. Uh, It's like the Ellis Island of retro wrestling groups. Whether you've been a fan for a really long time, maybe you're just getting back into the current wrestling, or maybe you've only been watching wrestling a few years. Maybe you've only watched WWF, or maybe you've watched everything. Come one, come all. Come on already. Go to the Facebook group. It's like the island of misfit toys of wrestling. (laughs) Perfect, Quinn. There you go. And speaking of misfits, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We'll have some more information on that later. It's not a get rich quick type of scheme that we run here, Mike. It's not like. You know, an episode of Balky or something, yeah. <laughs> where they, yeah, whatever. What, what was the show where they would always try to
1: get rich quicksame, like Sanford and Son or something? Sanford
0: and Son, but Perfect Strangers morphed into that later. But anyway, folks, if you want to go to our Patreon, we will have more info later. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if and only if you want to donate. But, Quinn, all season long, we've been talking about downfalls of various... Mm-hmm things in wrestling all the way from saturday night's main event the nwo last week the ultimate warrior jobber matches was one that you got a lot of accolades for i got People, them you got the accolades i don't for that even one. know happy what to. these accolades are did i get a did i get a award for yeah it, it didn't come in the mail yet is it like a trophy? Yeah, it's a trophy. You didn't get it yet. You got to ah. put it on your mantle that does you it, don't have. Does it have a Brooklyn Brawler on it? <laughs> yes, it does. Is this about doink? It's about doink. But folks, this time around here to close it out, the big discussion here, and we want your thoughts, of course. You can let us know on Twitter, email us, or just join the group. It's the easiest way. Quinn, it's the downfall of the ratings. Raw ratings. Lowest rated raw in the history of the show. Third yeah, well, hour. Lowest Almost rate below two million viewers. Shut up!
1: <laughs> yeah, the ratings. Remember those? Remember when they mattered? Because yes. nobody seems to give a shit anymore. Just Fox hands you a bunch of money. <laughs> like, like, oh, these ratings suck. Here's a billion dollars.
0: <laughs> now, a lot is made by let me put this kindly amateur wrestling journalists.
1: <laughs> Are but, we
0: amateur wrestling no, journalists? No. Okay. Never. Don't ever. And WWE
1: Raw got a one point 22 rating
0: Doug. and a lot is made of the ratings you know they're horrible they stink they suck and it, hey well, hey they do if you graph them out you know if you have that kind of time on your hands or you look up a graph you'll see they have steadily fallen since like 2001 oh with yeah only a very brief chip back up in like 09 interestingly
1: briefly. enough i think we're at a point where the ratings are lower than like the highest tna
0: ratings ever now yeah, right. I think you're right. Which is I don't insane have in to even think about. It really is. And a lot is made of it. You know, why doesn't WWE care? Why did the ratings go down? And the apologists of WWE, and I don't even mean that negatively, say, uh, well, people don't watch as much TV as they used to. Well, and they there's, don't. There's truth <laughs> to that. The anti-WWE people really push it and, you know, say things like, well, but WWE doesn't care about the ratings. Well, they do care because they need advertisers. Well, I-
1: I don't think they care about the advertisers as much as they care what the ratings mean to them re-signing their contract at the end of the term or whatever. Exactly. Like, because That's fair. They don't get the money from the advertisers necessarily, I don't think. Do they? I think Fox or you know whoever, NBC, NBC Universal pays them to put on a show so that, that it gets rating so that in return the right. company can make money off of that.
0: Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Quinn, and you tell me as well. I never even thought about ratings or how many other people besides myself were watching until the Monday Night Wars and when a big deal started to be made that more people were watching WCW.
1: Yeah, I would say that's when it mattered. But that's only because there was two companies providing wrestling. Right. So like they didn't they needed a metric to decide like who was the best. I own WCW. Right. Right. That's pretty much all it meant. I mean, I don't think when there's not two companies, it doesn't fucking matter. But (laughs) I'm
0: just saying because what are people comparing it to? They're only comparing it to WWE's past. Right When they say the ratings have gone down, which they have, obviously, but it's self-contained comparison. Does that make sense? Yes. Less people are watching now, Raw, for example, according to the ratings, than five years ago. And five years ago, less people were watching than five years prior, Mm -hmm. etc. But the big spike in the ratings... It was a big deal when Nitro started beating Raw, and Nitro was doing numbers in 96, 97 that were previously thought unbelievable for, for a wrestling for, for, for company. Wrestling,
1: yeah. I mean, that was those were numbers reserved for good cable shows, I guess. Like uh, not even great. I mean, just near the good. end, near the end, they were getting ratings like uh, at the height or whatever. Both of them were getting ratings that are like it's like network television ratings. They were getting. Why aren't they getting like tens or eights no, or something? No. The
0: highest Raw got was a seven something. A uh, segment got an eight one, but yeah, an eight. Still, at eight, is, it's really is high.
1: insane. It is like, high,
0: especially for a cable show. Right. right. That was the height of the ratings war was 95 to about 99. After that, WCW fell off the charts, right? But WWF was still really strong.
1: Yeah, they were. those ratings were still high going into the early 2000s. Right. They, they weren't anything
0: to laugh at or anything. Right. They weren't like a joke. Fours, fives, you know, yeah. into 01, into 02. And then they started to the fall off, folks. And I guess first, let's talk, what do we think happened here? Can I present a theory to you? Sure. There were less stars after about 2003. Austin was gone. The Rock was gone. Mankind was gone. And some of the people that really drew interest from the fans were no longer there. But I've got a portfolio that has beat the stock market seven out of the last seven years.
1: Who the hell cares? Uh, I mean, I think there's always going to be your stars. I think it's what you do with said stars is what gets ratings. Okay. Like what? Always what got ratings in my opinion if you look was unpredictability. I think Bischoff hit the nail right on the head when he started Nitro and figured out that it's unpredictability that attracts viewers because if you turn on a program and you really like you it has a reputation for like I don't know what's going to happen but it's probably going to be outrageous and like something I've never seen before
0: everyone's gonna tune in every week so for example the first year of nitro had that feel to it right Right. with like lex luger coming out on the first one to set a precedent and then wwf had that feel throughout throughout a lot of 97 98 99 yeah into 2000 what the hell's gonna happen
1: yeah i mean it's it goes to it goes like that with any television show like historically like for example um Remember the whole who shot JR
0: with Dallas, Dallas and yeah, stuff sure. like that?
1: Yeah. The reason people like why that was so highly rated is because people wanted to know who fucking shot JR.
0: <laughs> right, of like, course. They wanted
1: to know, right? they shot me. But, damn they, it. but they also knew it would be someone completely unpredictable that no one could figure out. Wasn't it like, some lady? Yeah, it was like some <laughs> random girlfriend or something. Yeah, right. like, it wasn't even anything. Like, a big, But that's the point. Is like nobody knew. And, okay. and it's the same with any other television show.
0: It's the same with any good story or any good novel that keeps you reading. Even a good freaking well-written article where you want to keep seeing what's happening. Right? right. Where it's not a foregone conclusion. You're invested in what's going on. Yep. But what I'm trying to find out here in, the, in this segment, folks, and you, Quinn, what the hell happened between, let's say, 2003 and now? 15, 16 years have gone unpredictable. by. But is that, I, that can't be all? I think that's right? a big part of it. You I, really think so? Yeah, it,
1: I don't know. It's like Austin and all those guys of that ilk, they really were ridiculous week to week. I mean, like, it really was It wasn't crazy. just Austin either. Yeah, what happened was, is I think they pushed the envelope so far that they ran out of stuff. How could you surprise an audience that's like seen a milk dr- truck yeah i seen a fucking milk truck and a zamboni, a zamboni right. and, a, and a corvette get dumped with uh cement, cement the, like, uh, like pan yeah like people like getting attacked thrown off bridges and like <laughs> it's, you know, it's like the like, tna out the ass right T- yeah i mean not yeah like promotion. women just taking their shirts off at random like <laughs> I mean, it did happen uh, the oddities yeah i mean there was just tons of stuff
0: <laughs> okay Good point there. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Vince Russo's is writing? And I don't want to give him all the credit and I don't want to take away all the credit from him, but he did something in WWE for those few years, right? But, do, you, yeah. do you think that his having multiple segments, meaning compare it with Raw now, it's longer and it mm-hmm. feels longer. Vince Russo had bite-sized little segments, nonstop, nonstop, that style, and yeah. that continued for a while after he left.
1: That is a great style, but again, what the, he? I think he exhausted the audience at a certain point. It was like, then it becomes like, oh, what are they going to do next? And then after they don't um, live up to that, then it becomes like, well, I don't know if they can even ever top what they did. And then it becomes, why am I even watching
0: this anymore? Like, but is the answer to well, we can't top that? Put on you know twenty minute matches, multiple twenty minute matches on Raw. No, it obviously isn't draw because ratings. that's
1: not so. <laughs> I felt like they, they transitioned, they tried to placate to, like, their hardcore audience. It was like, well, they want wrestling, so let's give them that. And then everything turned into, like, 20-minute match here and there, five-star match. Yeah. Five-star match and six-star match.
0: It's a little out of control. There's no balance to it anymore. Well, that's part of the problem, I think. Now, personally, the reason I don't watch Raw with any regularity, and I haven't for several years, I guess I can answer my own question, is because it's boring.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's too long, too. But I mean, that us take the length out of it. I mean, like, even at the height,
1: like, Nitro was like three hours, and people were like, this is fucking awesome. Like, nobody was complaining. Right. uh, right.
0: Yeah. It was three hours during a a good period for it still in 98. Yeah. It was like,
1: we want more of this. I want to
0: spend three hours in front of my TV not knowing what the hell is going to happen. Like, I don't want to pin it all on the length. I mean, it is long. Fine. Let it be what it is. Right.
1: We can't. You know what? Nothing been,
0: happens on the show is my problem.
1: Right. I, we can't pin it on the length necessarily because the at the height, they were doing that length and they were just everything was just fine. And nobody cared. Nobody was
0: saying, like, I don't want more of this. Right. I think another problem, Quinn. we were talking about the wrestling matches, look, I love a good wrestling match. But here's the thing. I like a good story and characters better. I'm going to give you an example. Maybe you can relate to this, Quinn. You like Rocky, right? The movie, yeah. Rocky. The movie Rocky. I like all of them, other than five. But yeah, five stinks. The ones even after five are good. I know <laughs> Creed and all that, yeah. and yeah. Rocky Balboa. Anyway, what's the big climatic point, the thrust, the crux of the first Rocky movie? Like what? What is the big scene at the end of the movie? It's a big fight. It's right. A, it's, it's the big boxing match. Right. Okay. Now, had there been no exposition, yeah, had we not known anything about Rocky? anything about creed adrian anything about adrian and right pauly mickey and, pauly all it. these people had they just come out and had a boxing match would anyone care no exactly and that's that's why you don't care about the fights at the beginning of the movie there's no
1: build-up right. it's just him fighting spider rico and you're like what is It's this? the jobber so, matches yeah, yeah exactly it's the
0: jobber matches <laughs> yeah. of the movie and what has happened now is yes wrestling is great and i love wrestling and i like good holds and moves and things but if that's all there is for the most part aside from lamely written poorly acted promos and pre-tapes not even pre-tapes i don't even do that anymore <laughs> then who cares about the match going match like it, it doesn't
1: matter well i'd say who cares about the match when who cares about the big fight when you're seeing the big fight every week that's the thing like it's like every raw now is like I don't know. It's like Seth Rollins in a 30 minute match against some guy. And it's like, right. Eh, and, and they're and great. And sure. And they're it's great. Like, it's like, it's the big match, but with no buildup, it's because someone spilled mustard on his shirt or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> you got mustard all over your lapel. I do not? Not? Look at you.
0: You're a mess. Monsoon. <laughs> you know what I mean though? There's right. no reason why these people are fighting, but here's the thing, Quinn, another question that we were talking about this before the show in our pre-show production meeting, obviously. <laughs> yeah. As you ate your McDonald's. What I was asking you is, you know, back in 1998-99, between WWF and WCW, Mm -hmm. there were upwards sometimes of 10 million people watching wrestling. But I contest, that doesn't mean there were 10 million wrestling fans. Yeah, the show had something for everybody. Let's put it that way. They weren't there for long matches because there weren't many. No.
1: no, Nor did they want them. Like, sometimes there'd be, like, cruiserweight matches that were long and you'd see the crowd actually get bored. And you'd be like... That's weird because this match is really good as a wrestling fan. You're watching it. But a lot of people were there for the atmosphere. That was the thing too. I think WCW arenas were probably more into that kind of party atmosphere than WWF.
0: Well, WWF got there by 98.
1: Right. But I'm saying like, I remember those, those 96, 97 nitros. Right. Yep. And people were just happy to be there. Right. Like, Like they were in the big party. Right. You know what I mean? And, that's what i think the show was successful because it just had something for everyone it was like w- at one point rick flair's taking off his clothes and, and then right. the next point some guys are fighting on the ramp and then maybe then there's a, a cruiserweight match and yeah uh, NWO's coming out they're taking over like it was just all over the place
0: but i would even say in wwf you had austin a lot of people loved austin and this beer drinking yeah. thing the different vehicles mankind was very funny the rock was very funny of course, yeah you, you had dx you know which people like you had the women you had sable which i hate her but you know you know you had all that but let's think here now so we got a bunch of people watching do you think it's the same thing that makes action movies let's say the fast and the furious franchise appeal to millions and millions of people is it's not hard to follow whereas the wrestling matches you know good matches
1: a match you got to you got to really concentrate you got to care yeah you got to care and i really think they need to get back to that a bit because they need to get back to this like you can have matches between big stars and they don't matter they don't have to be long they can just be like well somebody's got to like rank up to the the big match right it's like you gotta if everyone's a star right if you have if you don't really have any jobbers then everyone's got to fight each other and and they can't be long matches right they just have to be like matches that are
0: establishing shit I agree with you and then save the big stuff for the important events and I think back to the action movie thing those aren't critically acclaimed just like wrestling purists and a lot of fans you know they have plenty of negative things to say about the Attitude Era and rightfully so from a wrestling standpoint, but we're talking about the ratings, you know? I think the Attitude Era gets a bad rap and
1: like for the, the wrestling per se because the pay-per-views, they did deliver to me for the wrestling. Somewhat, yeah. I, I mean, mean, the main I, events
0: were usually good.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I just like the, that style of the
0: brawl that would go on for a long time because yeah. it made
1: it on this chaotic show. To me, that's what the escalation should be.
0: Right, and it had a limited shelf life. Yeah, That wasn't like a long-term sustainable pay-per-view model. Model, but it worked for a few years do you think there's a way that there will ever be eight million people five million people watching raw again they gotta do things faster they gotta do (laughs) honestly they they do and
1: they they need to also just they need to have more often maybe not like every show but something unpredictable needs to happen right because Honestly, the one of the biggest things that people still talk about that's recent is the the CM Punk pipe bomb, and you know why? Because nobody was, saw that coming. It that's was so true. out of nowhere. That's true. Like, I keep I always go back to that when we talk about a lot of this stuff. But that to me is really like a perfect like modern example of like flipping the script and really surprising people. Yeah, sure. And I don't know why they don't think
0: of things like they just they don't do it. They don't do it. I know that if you look back in the 90s and into the 2000s, including the CM Punk thing, a lot of times when things start to perk up is when the established status quo gets upset Right, talking about NWO in 96 Scott Mm -hmm. Hall coming through the crowd during a normal everyday Nitro the mauler was mauling his opponent obviously (laughs) upsetting the status quo Steve Austin starting in late 96 yeah just just screwing things up I mean every little thing about Austin is
1: perfect as far as that's concerned it's like he really starts to shake things up even before some of the things that nobody even talks about like I always bring up that thing where they interviewed him in like yeah i don't know a studio and he beats up like the production then, assistant or yeah, something like, <laughs> that co- all those little things like that
0: built up the allure of stone Cold i right. was like
1: what is he gonna do next right. he's crazy like he might curse on tv <laughs> like you know like
0: let me let me ask you another question quinn i'm gonna take it now to the creative side of things do you think that the writing is just shitty because i mean if you think about it quinn I know WWE likes to pretend that they're not a wrestling show and they're, you know, they're a television they show. They say they got everything, something for everyone, but they really don't. And the writing is piss poor. I mean, Matt TV had better writers than some of this shit.
1: They look like a man. <laughs>
0: Stop laughing. It's not funny. Personally, I don't like to crap on the
1: writing talent they have there. I just... I do. No, because I, I have this feeling that there are ideas, but they can't... And it's not even just Vince. I think there's just the corporate overlords of like all of the money people. I don't think there's room to experiment around with ideas on their television show at all. Certainly not raw and probably
0: not SmackDown NXT. Sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think these writers, they probably very talented writers. They probably they probably think up stuff all the time that gets like batted down. But they're like, we can't do that because Nestle's
0: Crunch Bar doesn't like that. You know what I mean? So like, you, okay. Like, so you think there are a lot of uh, great things that never see the light of day? Of
1: course, yeah. Okay, that's there fair. has. To, these people are talented i'm not gonna like they have resumes and stuff there's not we can't just say like all oh, these hollywood writers they don't know what they're doing it's like you don't get to be a writer if you don't know what you're doing you i know guess what I you mean? can be a bad one though and work you for something be, good you can be a bad one but i i really doubt that it's like as open and shut as they're like out of contact with the audience or something like i really think that there's just they literally can't do. They're hamstrung by like their sponsors. Like I, I, I truly believe that.
0: So then there's probably no way things are ever going to get shaken up beyond a uh, a very controlled shake up. You know that WWE right. wants to show you, or they get creatively. commissioned by a sponsor that says like, "Hey, we really,
1: yeah, like we really want to, we really want to get on the train of this like controversial storyline or right. something. Like we want to be a part of that. We want Castrol GTX to be advertised. <laughs> Got it." Oh.
0: I also think that the tired format of the GM or some type of authority figure, I think that that hasn't helped. It's probably hurt. I know it hasn't helped. It hasn't made yeah. people want to be like, oh, I can't wait to see what evil Stephanie does or evil Triple right. H did or whoever it was. I don't think it's been good I since think also Vic the,
1: McMahon. I also think the cool heel, heel thing is not helping either. You need a heel that's going to do something vicious and shocking that would really man, is he really hurting him? Like, that—that that is the, the audience questioning themselves, that kind of thing. Yeah,
0: but you know what it takes? It takes someone that the audience really cares about that gets something vicious and shocking done to them also. Right. Like, Mankind was a perfect sympathetic face, that if there were a heel beat him up, they would boo the heel. Yeah. But now nowadays, t- who's a good sympathetic face, Quinn? And yeah. we talked about this recently, too. But I think we're getting
1: up on like the fundamentals here but, but are the fundamentals the problem like is
0: partially that- mm-hmm. partially i think so i look wrestling fans and i am one i am one i'm just not currently watching raw on a regular basis i still like wrestling and i can appreciate I, can I ask you a,
1: a perfectly honest question yes when like, on this the air here
0: only us and a few million people listening. yeah yeah million sure <laughs> like we have those ratings no
1: anyway what would it take to get a person like you to watch the pro, like in all seriousness, I, and you're, you know, you have a family now and and stuff. Like, right. what, what would get you to say, like, this sounds interesting? Maybe I'll watch this. You know I what don't I mean? Know.
0: I don't see if I, if I knew, then I'd probably be ahead of it already. I'm sure I'd probably there's be te- ahead of the story already. I'm just
1: saying, I'm sure there's television shows you watch now, even as a you know older adult. You know, <laughs> I'm 33. I'm no, not 53. I, I'm just, I, I just mean like a
0: adult You male. mean we're not kids anymore, yeah, we're is not what you're kids. trying to I'm say, I'm saying, like, what
1: would get you to... I'm it's, sure you
0: watch shows, so it's, like... it's Yeah, we watch The Masked Singer, my wife and I. You yeah, I don't know, know what that is. Are you serious? The Masked Singer? The Masked Singer is where actual famous people compete in total head-to-toe costumes and they sing songs each week and the panel of judges has to try to guess who they are ah it's actually really good and you know the reason we watch it why because it's different i've never seen a show like it apparently it's korean or something because i want to know who the people are ah under the mask and because i appreciate the talent and hearing the performances so saying that right yep What is the kind of stuff you're looking for that would attract you to a pro wrestling program? Quinn, that's the thing is I don't know, because if I knew, then I'd already know what I wanted and be ahead of it. You know what I'm saying? It's not possible. Is it the length? That, right, I ain't sitting that, down is, and watching a three-hour right, Raw is anyway. That, is that a big barrier? It's a barrier. I mean, yeah. but does anyone actually watch it start to finish anymore? I can't imagine anyone no. putting themselves through that kind of hell.
1: Yeah. And That's I, a long time. I mean, we know when it was successful, the longness worked for them. But here's the thing. two hours, though. It, and I feel like we're circling back around to this. That's but, quite all right. But when you're not successful, like they are now, do you have really the, the right with your audience to say, like, you know, if you want to get back into this, you have to sit with us for three hours. Shouldn't they have to start back at an hour again if, they, if they're no, not attracting? The, I, I mean, how do you get it? How do you get an attract a new
0: audience when it's that fucking long? Quinn, we're in it just at a different day and time than when we were kids. I mean, people can just watch one single match if they heard something good happened or one segment. We couldn't do that. We had to watch the whole show that's true nowadays if something is good they just watch it on youtube yeah it's on wwe's youtube you know, right. like their official one If and they clip it uh, yeah the match if something's good it gets talked about it gets shared within this the appropriate circles and people watch it so going forward i mean that's, WWE that's a might great, be content with that though yeah,
1: that's a great example but going forward like let's see what what are some things we can do
0: they, or they can do, for that matter. Just in general, you mean? Yeah. A more well-rounded, more entertaining show that doesn't come off... It comes off lame. Are distribution
1: methods part of the problem, would you say? like? No. Like, no, I just mean that maybe they should make more bite-sized programs on YouTube or something like that. Something that a general audience
0: can flip on and just... Well, you- here's the thing. Where's that general audience coming from? You need something that's going to grab someone that's not a wrestling fan. The wrestling fan knows how to get their wrestling already. The people that want to get raw and consume it in some way, whether they're taking a crap and they're watching it on their phone, yeah, whether they're watching it on Hulu, whether they DVR it like we used to and skip all the commercials and the boring shit. Yeah. Remember we used to do that? Yeah. We used to call it a buffer. You all, know, we would, I know, <laughs> but
1: all these things that you're saying to me are barriers. like they're, they're, to, they're To what, though? They're barriers for new viewers,
0: which they're desperately in need of. And
1: that's why the ratings are what they are.
0: I think the biggest reason they don't have new viewers is because they're just not putting out a very... Unless you are a wrestling fan already and you can find the good within it, you know, and you know what to look for and you have like, you know, a wrestling fan, I'm not putting anyone down. They have a trained eye, so they know what a good match is generally, or they know what Mm -hmm. a good promo is. But the casual fan didn't watch for either of those. They watched because they were entertained. True. And I don't think there's anything going on right now drawing in. Casual people I mean like The Masked Singer Is a good example though Because it's a broad appeal Anyone can watch that It's, a, it's an easy concept it's Yeah It's like it, well, You don't
1: need to be who, a, I want to know Who the Masked Singer is Right Like that's it like, You don't it's need so to be simple. An expert
0: on singing Yeah American Idol Another example Why was that show So popular when it was new Because people want to know Who's going to win Right And you get to see You get to be entertained Simon Cowell was funny There is as much chance mm. Of you being A pop star Or a rock star Right as me flying to the moon tomorrow morning for breakfast. you don't need to be an expert you You get attached
1: to the singers you want you you have a favorite because they tell a story about how they're i don't know it's
0: usually some sob story they're all (laughs) all the fucking same yeah and it's fine but so with wrestling right now it might be there might be a lot of good for you know wrestling fans that already like wrestling and like wrestling matches but that's not going to draw anyone in and that's my final two cents on that quim what do you think it
1: upsets me how
0: inconclusive it all is is it's because
1: it's just like at the end of the day, nobody really knows, and it's going to take some big innovator to really figure that out. Because is, is it
0: AEW? By the way, while we're on the topic here, we haven't touched that. No, it isn't. I don't think so either. I, <laughs> that appeals to wrestling fans, which is great, and it has I, its know, place.
1: I hate talking about this here, but I
0: real quick I, I though, fucking, yeah, but it's more thing. the fan. It's more the way people are reacting than anything AEW has done.
1: No, but it is at the same time because it's just. It's so narrow. Like, it, it's so narrow-sighted. It, it It isn't this big thing. If they really think that that's, like, the answer, then they're very sorely mistaken. You need some more mainstream well, stuff going on there. I the, the, I don't I, think anybody who's an old-school wrestling fan, which is the kind of audience where those are the kind of people you have to re-pick up again. Yeah, those are the people listening to us
0: for the most right, part. Right,
1: the people who have been alienated, right? Right. That you need to first get them back. They're not going to watch that. They're, they're like... Cody Rhodes, the fucking jobber from WWE, like, what? I get it. Like, get it. who gives a shit? And who are all these other people? Like, I, I know. I get honestly, what you're saying. I Quinn. see the roster. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? I understand. Like, and
0: if you don't know, just imagine casual Marv. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> casual Marv don't know. And Kenny
1: Omega. It's like. Yeah. Again, for a mainstream audience, they don't know who the shit he no, is, but uh, he's awesome. But, but if... I don't know
0: that AEW is after a mainstream audience. I think they want to pick up uh, the hardcore wrestling crowd. All and I'm saying, there are
1: a lot of them. All I'm saying is the only thing that's going to really come out of that is if they think of novel ways to like maybe distribute their product or that that kind of it's going to be more production kind of stuff that is going to come out of that
0: so do you think we're screwed as not we but wwe is not ever going to have five million people watching raw again and i don't think they care to as we
1: always say with these segments i would never say never it's it's probably some weird thing some catalyst and something happens and it sounds vague and i'm sure people listening want a definitive answer but there ain't no definitive answer because nobody could conceive of a stone cold steve austin character in 1994 like you know know what i mean like nobody could like or the nwo yeah things like that right or the rock everyone thought it was going to be like a lex luger type right they thought like Mm. we'll just it'll be the next hulk hogan right you know Mm, it's fair quinn
0: and probably right now everyone thinks it's the
1: next stone cold steve austin but it's probably something completely different
0: great way to put it out i think that's an honest answer and folks let us know what you think happened to the ratings and what i mean by that is why did people stop watching in mass over the years why did you stop watching if you did let us know what you think if the ratings even matter as much as they used to if they're ever going to achieve some semblance of the heights that they were once at let us know you can do that by reaching us on twitter you can join the group or send us an email if you'd like but quinn when we come back two more two more announcers for the definitive mm-hmm. top 10 let's find out who they are it's Royal rankings and it's coming up right after this If on you smell, depends
1: on the side that you're in depends on the, time, on the, day, on the life, you the rug is cooking <laughs>
0: proud to be pop. What is pop? I'll tell you what pop. It's definitely The Rock. The Rock He's really sexy. I time love time. The Rock. I love
1: The Rock. The People's Elbow. crowd. He runs to one side of the ring, he bounces
0: off one side, and he bounces off the other, and then he does this little wiggle in front, and then he just slams the guy at the elbow. He's
1: great. WWF on TNN. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? <laughs> yeah, me neither. You're listening to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best.
0: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number 120, March 4th, 2019. And before we get to the final royal rankings of announcers, just wanted to remind you guys, like we said at the top of the show, Quinn, we do have a Patreon. Yeah, we have one of those. Yeah, we do. It's available at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. A couple of rewards tiers there for you to check out, but the $5 tier is the newest one, Quinn, and we have out right now a full-length, it's like two-and-a-half-hour Wrestle long. Wrestlemania 1 The Review. The Review. The Review. It
1: was a uh, wonderful show um, that had Doink in it. Lots and of Gino. Bruno San Martino's son. He has <laughs> yes. and- Brutus Beefcake and you can hear all about it you can hear all about it it sure
0: was a show that's on the $5 tier that's $5 per month every month you get a full length pay-per-view review we're doing them all in order Uh, this month now March Coming up soon, it's the wrestling classic. Yep, Lady in a tablecloth, uh, <laughs> yeah. Rolls Royce. Yeah. It's got it all, really. Moondog Spot, yeah. It, dog. Like I said, it's got
1: it all. It's got it, it all. It's, it's even got the Macho Man. It I does. Mean, yeah, That's so, right, His so, pay-per-view
0: debut. How can you miss with the wrestling? Yeah, we're probably going to miss that. <laughs> yeah, we probably will. So, folks, if you want to check it out and if you want to donate, if you like what we do, maybe you want to think about donating, mull it over a little bit. We have a $2 tier, a $3 tier, and a $5 tier. That's the highest one. If you want to check them out, we'd appreciate that. You can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast and see if one of them Tickles your fancy, but quit, <laughs> let's uh let's get fancy now with the royal rankings. I was because, just going to say, oof, it's fancy time! It's fancy time now, folks. We've been doing the royal rankings all season long of announcers. That means before the season started, we asked you, the fans, to give us your top announcers. They all went into a pool, and in that pool, only twenty made the cut. Anything below that twenty mark, you know, did not make the pool. They got and thrown out of the pool. Also, peel.
1: Jr. is in that pool. Oh so yeah, it's he, very he's it,
0: soaking in that pool.
1: I mean. Good thing. (laughs) Yes, of course. We couldn't say it. It, How could we say Puel this whole time?
0: We were waiting. Without JR, I know. It's true. And what we have right now, let's run down the current rankings as of last week. At number one, history was made, Quinn. It's Gorilla Monsoon. The number one greatest wrestling
1: commentator announcer of all time.
0: Number two, Jim Ross. Very close. Very, very wow. tough decision last week, but it's science. What a, what a top two. Number three, Bobby Heenan. Still holding strong there Let's for see. a color man. Probably the best color man. I don't know if anyone will be able to top him. Some would say Jesse Ventura is the best, but he is just below Bobby at number four. Mm-hmm. Number five? Tony Schiavone, Tony Schiavone himself. High rank. I'm yeah. very proud of the Schiavone man. Number six, Lance Russell Quinn. <laughs> You're a big detractor of. Well, I, <laughs> it's a little hot. I'm glad to see some backup One finally. person, Like the yes. cavalry is yeah, coming, Jim Lopez is the cavalry. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Vin- Vic McMahon. Yeah, Vic. Good old Vic. vic Pretty good. <laughs> is that his name? Yeah. Vincent? Pretty uh, good uh, ranking for vic Vincenzo. <laughs> <laughs> number eight is Giuseppe Stiles. John- Oh, is that, that's his Italian name? <laughs> yeah, Little Joey. Number nine, i he's still in the top ten. It's Jerry the King, loser. Hey, remember King? Jerry Lawyer, he yeah. He's still here. And number ten, Mauro Ranallo, mamma mia. I hope King can hang in at least in the top ten. We'll see. Uh, the bottom, if you just want to know, folks, we got Mike Toney. Old cheese is finally old, out of the top ten. Old cheese breath. <laughs> he's there done. There he is. He's, he's eliminated. Number 12 is Bob Cottle. 13, Paul Heyman. 14, Taz. 15, Michael Coe good <laughs> i know 16 lord alfred hayes lord hayes himself <laughs> lord hayes <laughs> 17 <laughs> sean mooney here and 18 Someone's got to be last. It's Jim Cornette. Nobody ever heard of him. I, I don't know what this is. So that's the current we rankings. Announced twice or something. But. There are only two more. We're going to finalize the top 10 here, and then we're going to give you some tips and tricks about the list, some strategy tips about the list what after it, this. What is that magazine, <laughs> Mortal Kombat codes or something? We're going to give you some killer codes. But first, let's go to the Fink for the Royal Rankings.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight.
0: roads to touch Sherry first. His name's Fred Katao. Silly name for a Japanese wrestler, Fred. Stone 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 So we've got a great matchup here.
1: His eyes are closed. He can't open them.
0: The Royal Rankings Quinn. Week number 10. We are finally here. We're gonna have the definitive scientific, yep. holistic, the most scientific <laughs> <laughs> top
1: ten wrestling announcers of all time. Well, you know, since this is the last one, Joe, you know what that means? What does that mean? I'm guessing the last two here are like Rob Bartlett and oh, Duke. Yeah, Duke, of course. Prolific announcers. You got they're Duke. the only ones that are left, yeah. really.
0: We need that Duke. Duke! Of course you got Duke! folks, if you're new to the show, this happens to be your first one. Just to quickly explain here the way the rankings work, well, first of all, science, but second yeah. of all, it's not just who's technically the best at maybe calling the match or knows the most moves. It's not just who had the longest career or was on the most stuff. It is a holistic, intrinsic, I don't know what that means, combination of factors. You know, we do experiments here in the lab, the or, OVP or, lab. Or
1: as layman's terms, it's everything.
0: It's pretty much a little bit of everything. Quinn yep. and I put two men on the list this week. We're going to find out where they fall, and you can, of course, be sure to let us know yours. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or join the group. But, Quinn, the time for talking is through. The time for turkey is done. The time for turkey (laughs) is done. Survivor (laughs) Series, it's time for turkey. Stop it. (laughs) Let's all find out now. Who drew? Number 19.
1: You know, you got a back, Dickel. He got a bicycle. He got a bicycle. (laughs) He got a bicycle.
0: Wow, Dusty Rhodes made it, Quinn. Wow. You're happy about this. I love it. I can see it on
1: your face. Big fan of Dusty. I
0: (laughs) he's so good. Dusty Rhodes was a very uh let me how how do I phrase this? Idiosyncratic, energetic commentator. He was just he was delightful. I think so. Like,
1: Like there's never a time. When I turn on a show and Dusty's there and I'm like, this sucks. Oh, Dusty's okay. here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right? He, it's a, I'm always happy to see him.
0: Okay. Fair or, enough. Or hear him for that sure. matter. Totally understand. Dusty was obviously a former wrestler. Most people would think of Dusty Rhodes as a wrestler, not right. an announcer. He was one of the biggest stars of the NWA in the 1980s. He had a notable flair feud with Ric Flair. He was also a booker for Jim Crockett Promotions for several years. He
1: had his hand in everything. Let's put it that way. He did.
0: He knew TV. He came up with a lot of different angles and storylines. He was a creative force in WCW as well. Mm -hmm. He was a booker there. But he also had a somewhat interesting career as an announcer. I'm not sure, Quinn, and we were talking about this before, if he did maybe some guest commentary down in Florida back in the day. Yeah,
1: he might have. I I don't know. Really, he's known for WCW. WCW, let's put it that way. Yeah, he's like, known
0: for WCW starting around 95. Yep. He did WCW Prime of all shows with Chris Cruz. Oh my god, Cruise. it's so good. It's it,
1: like every, it's just them fucking around for an it's hour. So it's so great, fantastic. Right?
0: It's, Chris Cruz is awesome, by the way, very underrated. Maybe he'll be number 20. Maybe. <laughs> I, Chris Cruz is great, and Dusty and Cruz had a fun banter. We, we reviewed an episode of Prime way back in the day, and Dusty is so funny in that, like, just goofy and stuff. He's hilarious. <laughs> he doesn't care. He, they're having fun. Well, it's a whole Thing he said, uh, "Come on, Cliff! Come on, Cliff! <laughs> yeah, Cliff, the like
1: replay man yeah. or something. The reback,
0: what's it the called there? The, yeah. the, the 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 reback." what's sad is he's not the first person i've heard say reback on on stuff we've called it might be some term that they used to use or maybe still do in the video industry i'm not really sure we're in the audio industry we don't know about that so
1: well we do do some video i don't know what you
0: mean oh oh the cameras are on yeah no but dusty Rhodes was most visible as an announcer he did some pro episodes he did saturday night on tbs for a couple of years with shivani and or brain sometimes being there there's the mafia kick there it is. And right. he, where do you get all this? The well, German suplex, the mafia kick. I, I do my, it's my job. He kicked him with the bottom
1: of a 12 and a half boot right in the middle of the mush. You know what the best part about him is, though? He's
0: kayfabe, but he's not all at the same time. Right. Well, because of his smart mind for the business, he was yeah. a writer, he was a booker, he was a wrestler, and one of the all-time best promos, and he was very charismatic. What he was able to do is get everything over Yeah, that needed to be, but also not take it all too seriously. Yeah, he was just just a lot of fun. He was fun.
1: It's like he was aware that you're watching a wrestling program and you know a thing or two, but you don't know everything. And he would just kind of play with those ideas yeah like you
0: know what i mean and he was so entertaining yeah he, he really was there's he <laughs> makes it go by really quick yeah i love him tony and bobby they did a lot of pay-per-views in 96 and 97 also together it's
1: one of the rare three-man teams that is actually, actually like
0: good. considered good like, they, they are they're fun yeah i'm it, sorry it they, really, are. they really are a
1: good time and then sometimes when TNA. Like, because Dusty's really funny with today. It's like, oh, the professor, how does he know all this? Big like, hunk of monster in his yeah. mouth. I know.
0: No, <laughs> the whole, but you're right. <laughs> how do you know that there? But like, you know, we like these little Dusty lines. Like, obviously, he's got a bicycle. But uh, a yeah. uh, hog wild 96. Bull hit it with a nunchuck. She got a nunchuck. She got a nunchuck. <laughs> <laughs> Into the midsection. Bull hit it with a nunchuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's stuff like that. Shit like it's, that is- it's stuff like that that only Dusty Rhodes can can say and get yeah. away with and you're just like that's fantastic because he's
0: just likable there yeah. was something likable about dusty behind the mic yep look i'll be honest he's not like an all-time best announcer or, or anything like that like I,
1: th- a- I tend to wonder if he did it more it, like mm. maybe if he carried into wwe i i still don't know why they had dusty Rhodes. they had him till he died yeah, like, they did. And why was he never on commentary? Well, he
0: was backstage doing a bunch of stuff. I know he, he was, was. working with uh, the developmental and NXT Maybe and he should have like called that.
1: NXT. That would have been cool. Did he ever? He might have called FW, whatever it was.
0: <laughs> FCW. FCW. Florida Championship. Yeah. I'm Josh Matthews. He's the Hall of Famer, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. i tell you what. This this sports entertainment matchup here tonight is just amazing, man. We're going to start right off the bat with something hot. One thing about Dusty, like I said, is he knew what to get over and how to in his own unique way. He's like what former wrestlers like Billy Graham Mm -hmm. or Randy Savage or Roddy Piper should have been on commentary. He did it better than any of those three.
1: Because he had had the pulse of the product. Like, he knew what he was pushing. In some way, he's a lot like how we describe Vince McMahon. You know, like how Vince McMahon knows exactly what he's selling. Mm -hmm. You could... Tell Dusty, like, this is what we're doing. And you didn't even have to tell him much, but he he seemed to know instinctively,
0: like, what they were pushing. What points to hit, how to get it over, things like right. that, right? Didn't you say something to me once about how he sold you on the World War Three concept? Yeah, I was saying during the
1: break today, I was just like, I remember like, Dusty showing me the three rings and talking about it and just being like, you gotta watch this, bad Like,
0: three rings. And it's such a terrible idea, and it's such an awful What's gonna thing? happen? <laughs> There's so many wrestlers. Like, you know what I
1: mean? Like, that's Dusty Rhodes. Right, like, yeah. He is just so good at... Typing complete garbage to make it seem like it's like the best thing you've ever watched in your
0: life. Right, one of the more likable, maybe most likable announcers too on this list. Yeah. Honestly, I mean he's really likable. How do you yeah. not like Dusty Rhodes the announcer? And I think
1: that's what's going to make it so hard when ranking him against really respected announcers. Right. It's just like, damn, it's fucking Dusty. He's like how fun. how am I going to like? How can I say he's worse than
0: people? Right, because even though he might not have... He comes across like Dusty Rhodes. You know, he's he's idiosyncratic, like I said, and flamboyant, and he talks funny. Yeah. And he says things weird. But even... Under all that, he was still putting everything over. Right, there was he, not one thing he wasn't excited he, about. He's still conveying the message, absolutely, and in his own way, bringing in enthusiasm.
1: Yep, that not everyone would. No, I mean it, it is really hard to replicate the enthusiasm he had for utter shit. Sometimes, like <laughs> right. I don't know how he did it.
0: Right, like some of those you know prime matches or Saturday night stuff. There was nothing good going on, but he no. hard working Bobby Walker <laughs> and stuff. Only he could <laughs> get. get his game right. Could go. <laughs> on and
1: on about hard work bobby walker yeah, like say his name gives wrong. gives a shit
0: like <laughs> right. hard bobby walker he's the best you Yeah, it's <laughs> just shit like that hard bobby walker dealing on the gambling say, whoa wait a minute let me get out of here just dusty was you know had a style of his own i really like him we'll have to see when it comes down to ranking time i don't know about his chances of even cracking well, the top we'll have 10 to quinn see i don't one by know one like yeah, we'll, we'll have, have to, to f- work him through the the bottom 10. And I think see. so. I, I think he might be able to scratch in there. It's uh, possible. I don't know, Quinn. I love him, though. I You know, I think I appreciate him more now than I did at the time. Yeah. I think I took him for granted a little bit in we the did. 90s. I think we
1: all did. And now that he's gone, um, not that he commentated a lot in his later years. No. But, like, I don't know. Like, even just the idea that we can never get Dusty back and, like, have him on commentary for a night kind of sucks to think about yeah because it's like he could get like to be honest we were just talking about these ratings or whatever sure i could see him taking the utter bullshit that's on tv now and like making it sound like it's the best thing you ever saw and look at Seth Rollins there with the abs, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, and he would be like, "Yeah, look at his abs. And look like, at the way it, he fires those punches in. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> like these little things." Like, and I would totally like disagree with him, right? Like, because he's Dusty Rhodes, <laughs> right. and he just—I don't—he just has a
0: way of saying things. And look <laughs> at the way Elias plays that guitar, Daddy. Look at yeah. that. That's a D minor. Is that a D minor there, Michael Cole? Uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What? what have we done? Like, now I want to see that. Right. Like, is that a D minor there? Is, what, how do you play that? Chord I don't there, know, Dusty. <laughs> yeah, right call with that Panem. I don't know, Dream. Well, anyway, that's Dusty Rhodes. I'm glad he made the list. Yeah. Makes me really happy that he got voted in. But, Quinn, there's one more. There's one more person. Here we go. So many names. It's the Duke of Doherty, right? It's the Duke of (laughs) Doherty. Who is it? Well, why don't we all find out? We've all been waiting. Who the hell drew? Number 20.
1: Thank you very much, truly. This is a momentous
0: occasion. High vertical suplex. Really pulling a Hulk Hogan here, Gordon's well, supley. suplex. it's Gordon suplex. Gordon solely, Coming of course. Coming in at number 30, except it's 20. <sighs> it's 20. Yeah. It's an 88 rumble. Yeah. Uh, he is known, Quinn, as the Dean of the Wrestling Announcements. He's a real Dean. He's a real Dean. I mean, I mean remember him? Yeah, it's someone's got to be a Dean. The first smart person or whatever. Yeah, not Dean Douglas. Yeah. Gordon... Is someone that I appreciate more than Quinn does for the record here. I think he's good. Let, let me get that better. Out. Let me get, better. It, get
1: it out of the way. He's good. I just I don't know. I think he's better in certain situations than others. I think it's a little overblown that he was like one hundred percent of the time this the perfect wrestling announcer he's got the Bob Backlund stigma. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Did this a while. So of course he's number one or, you know, whatever that, the Bruno San Martino. You right. You know, like yes. it's all that shit again.
0: Well, Gordon Sully worked for many promotions. He also had many names because he was born Francis Jonard Labieck and then he Ooh. was later Jonard Pierre Slobodan. He was name
1: John Pierre Lafitte. <laughs> he
0: was also John Pierre LaFoot. Uh, but Gordon Sully is how most people would know him. And he was a wrestling announcer for a long freaking time, early 60s, late 50s. He notably worked for two big promotions. Championship Wrestling from Florida was his main home base. And he also then was in Georgia Championship Wrestling wrestling and he went to the crockets when uh championship wrestling got absorbed kind of into jcp and he was a wcw announcer all the way until 1995 well we'll find out meanwhile julio sanchez is getting set to take on ming by the way tonight on wcw saturday night 605 on
1: tbs uh we'll uh, have the uh, dave sullivan uh, date with the diamond doll he was good it was just like gordon's great sometimes i just I don't know. I can't <sighs> I can't think of him as the best of all time. Well, like, let's get... We'll wait until
0: we get to the rankings here, yeah. Michael. We'll be putting the cart go, before the horse go here. Go on, go on. Gordon, well, Gordon. Gordon had a... A 100% distinct voice and style. Yes, he did. All right, let's 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 be fair here. He had that gravelly, hey, everyone, I'm Gordon Soley, and there's a high vertical suit play. Mm-hmm. Just cool voice, totally different than anyone else. And I'm talking different than people I really like. Different than Vic McMahon. Mm-hmm. Different than Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. Different than Tony Schiavone, Lance Russell, Bob Cottle, anyone. As any good announcer, he's unique. Distinct, like, right? It, he's great. The thing that people really, I think, like about him from a wrestling point of view is, and I'm giving him 100% credit here he knew the freaking moves more than maybe anyone that was wrestling announcing That's the the time. He and really I mean, calls a great match. You do it that match. long, though, you should know the moves. Let's put it that yeah, way. But yeah, but Vic McMahon didn't, Quinn, and
1: he yeah, did. Vic, gorilla didn't. Now, Vic McMahon, we've been over this. He owned the company, so there wasn't really...
0: You can't get rid of him. Fine, but McGilla didn't know all the moves. No. Oh, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Gorilla not knowing the move. Hey, look, what a, look at that move! <laughs> Tremendous leverage move there! yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, But Gordon knew everything. He had the variations of it down pat. Mm-hmm. He knew the psychology. He worked alone most of the time, but he could also be good with a partner. Let me say this. Go I ahead. think
1: Gordon's strength, his biggest strength, is his fish out of water thing.
0: That would be continental wrestling yes. in Alabama. Yes. Now, why me, do you
1: say that? Because First, you say he knows all the moves and this he and does. That, And I think that's part of it is a traditionalist like this guy. The best part about him was when he had to interact with people who weren't traditionalists, people who were hardcore or something like, like that. Dirty White Boy, for example, be yeah, like, doing that. He is just fantastic in that kind of role because he th- is. it's this backbone of traditionalist, The is, Dean. Yeah, is what makes him work better in a more chaotic situation. And that's why I don't think in WCW he's as good as, say, Continental.
0: Well, in WCW, he was also kind of winding down his career. Yeah, in the late eighties, early nineties, and he wasn't the main even, guy. I don't
1: even think that would have been a good fit for him anyway. Had he been only like forty then or something, he yeah. would have been great
0: in the NWO era. No, he wouldn't. Yes, he would oh, have. Wait, no, it, the NWO era. Yes, yeah, no, he
1: would have been good exactly. then. Exactly. He just left I'm a, a about, year before it. I'm talking about the '93,
0: '94. No 95 one was WS2 good there. there. I yeah. mean, when he it, but that there. was a more traditionalist. Kind Somewhat, of, yeah. I mean, yeah, Angelo Poffo. And I don't, even think, I don't even think he would have worked in
1: the WWF like golden period.
0: I think that's a no, little... they needed someone like a gorilla.
1: Yeah, they it, did. It, it, it just it, he'd be too dry for that.
0: But gorilla wouldn't work down where Gordon worked either.
1: No. OK, well, so it's two the, different. Things. Yeah, his his audience, they liked what they liked. And they didn't right. like people like Gorilla
0: monsters. No, 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 no. Very northern. Remember, not folksy. Gorilla is urban folk. Urban folk. <laughs> that's yes. right. But Gordon, man, I think especially, you know, it was coincidental. We watched that championship wrestling from Florida last week. Jordan carries a broadcast like few others, maybe like no other. His smooth delivery and segues and transitions, the way he gets over matches and angles. But he's so official and matter of fact about it, it, which is why also he does work when it's something a little fish out of water.
1: Sometimes he's also funny and how yes. matter-of-fact he is about it, he, there is
0: a bit of humor to it, which I'll give him credit oh, yeah, for. yeah, he's yet. not stoic. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you very much, you know, like almost yeah. sarcastically and right, deadpan yeah. and stuff. But the great thing about Gordon is that he is, for the Southern wrestling, especially that he covered, he's what an announcer should have been during that period of time. He I called agree. the moves, he treated it as sport, yep. which guys like Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone earlier in their careers, clearly, especially JR, are modeled on Gordon Soly's style. Now, do you think ultimately that this
1: focus on sport wouldn't have um, served him well had he been, you know, younger when all this boom and and then the '90s came about and everything? How would he have been able to serve that type of product?
0: Jr. was able to. It's true.
1: I'm just. I'm just JR saying. Jr. was
0: raised in the solely vein, yep. but I, I, he adapted. It's true. So I, I think a truly great announcer would adapt. Okay. That's what I personally Cause, think.
1: Because imagine him in the Attitude Era when the matches are four seconds long and there's nothing really to
0: call. But JR did the same thing. Sidekick. I can... Know, I-
1: <laughs> or something. A uh, stunner
0: there. Yeah. I can imagine Gordon getting annoyed because Vince would be a heel at any time Vince Kump came out or something got interrupted and Gordon being, you know, like <laughs> we're don't trying we to carry part, on right? with the broadcast here. Yeah. You know, we've got a match going on in the ring. Yeah. I think he. be great, truthfully. I mean, JR was very similar to Gordon early in his career and adapted beautifully. You know, Quinn, Gordon had a board game named after him. Did he? (laughs) That doesn't make him good. I
1: don't want (laughs) to, that doesn't count. That doesn't add into the ranking.
0: (laughs) He also, like, knew Bill Apter and they hosted, like, a tape together or something
1: right here the man who won the editor's award after 30 years of excellence in wrestling broadcasting and journalism gordon Soli gordon congratulations thank you very much bill i thank the editors of pro wrestling illustrated and of course stan weston i need to bring this up because gordon Go has got a shining you know example and everything but i need to bring up one thing against him Gordon's film room is an absolute
0: (laughs) piece of shit show. But I don't know if you're the audience for that. It's horrible. I don't know. I don't know what the
1: audience is for that. (laughs) It's just him watching a tape with no sound and just talking over it. "Eh, it Yeah, but have you ever listened to it? Was
0: this match in 1973? Jack Briscoe. I think it's great. I think it's boring as hell. Listen to me. You know what? You and I need to get out of here. We need. We need to. We've been up in this loft for too long. Yeah. We need some fresh air. All right. Okay. Why don't we? I'll tell you what. Okay. Why don't we take a walk? Okay. Let's go to the beach. It's right here. Yeah. Let's just walk to it. All right. Let's let's get down from the this loft here. <sighs> oh, will, it's nice out, eh? It's really nice out, yeah. isn't it? it? a nice, yeah, beautiful, beautiful day here yeah. well, for March too? Especially, yeah, like,
1: um, I can't believe the temperature is <sighs> fifty.
0: Man, let's walk across the street here.
1: Okay. Do you bring your trunks? No uh, trunks. Not not in this weather. I thought we were just thinking, right? You
0: have your trunks, though, yeah. right? I have what? trunks okay. in my you have house because you usually yeah. lose trunks. Right. You have to borrow my trunks or someone's mm. trunks. Now that you say this, I don't know. Yeah, if I that's have what the I'm trunks. saying. Oh look, we're here at the beach. Wow! Nice. Look at uh, all those seagulls. I know a nice fresh air, Quinn. Yeah, and yeah. the reason why I took you here, Quinn, is I just want you to really appreciate Gordon soul. What
1: do I need to look into the ocean like I'm, yeah. I'm Bret Hart sitting on a rock or something looking at? Looking <laughs> yeah, out, looking
0: exactly. In the distance. Yeah, you need to sit here, just look at the nice Atlantic, the beautiful Atlantic. Watch out for that bird. Huh. The beautiful Atlantic Ocean. You just got to think about Gordon Sully in his film room. What he was doing was providing contact. Watch out for that bird. He was providing context. He was providing commentary for the period of time. He was trying to educate. He was a dean, Quinn. You yeah. have to understand he was a dean. Was he? He was a dean. Watch out for that bird. Ugh, Good lord, bird it keeps following you. shit here? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I just think that if you go back and you watch Gordon's film room, you're going to really appreciate it. Oh shit, that wave is coming right at us. Ah, fuck,
1: ah, 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 damn it. My feet are all wet. Uh, what is
0: this? All right, let's go back inside. Screw the beach here. That's- all right, so Gordon Soley... Despite what Quinn might think, he was probably one of the most influential announcers. I mean, he had just such a distinct style, a cool voice. He knew the moves. He got every angle over. He commanded respect. He's in every way, you know, we call Gorilla Monsoon, you know, very authoritative,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. respected. Gordon Sully is that, maybe more so. I guess we'll have to really see what it all comes down to in the rankings. We will have to see. And with that said, it is ranking time, and we're going to start, of course, with Dusty Rhodes. One more refresher on the current rankings. Starting at number one, it's Gorilla Monsoon. Two, Jim Ross. Three, Bobby Heenan. Four, Ventura. Five, Tony Schiavone. Six, Lance Russell. Seven, Vince McMahon. Eight, Joey Styles. Nine, Jerry Lawler. And ten, Mauro Ranallo. Quinn, is Dusty, Shall we we restarting him at the bottom just to work him up? Um, No, because he's better than Cornette. Why?
1: He just did it more. (laughs) That's always the argument against Cornette. Cornette
0: did everything that Dusty did, though, Quinn. I mean, he was really good at getting everything over, and he knew what points to hit. Cornette
1: is not as charming as Dusty Rhodes. Well, that's true. I'm not clamoring to hear a program commentated by... Jim Cornette.
0: So, You'd rather hear Dusty. Yeah. I think Dusty's I probably think a little better anyway. It's plain and simple, really, I with think, that. I think Cornette is talented as he is, charismatic, motor mouth style. Yeah. He's a heel, and Dusty's a face, and Dusty's just more charming to listen yeah, to. Yeah, okay. he,
1: and he makes the program go by fast for okay. me,
0: personally. So, Dusty versus Sean Mooney. <laughs> um, I don't even have to think about that. Dusty Rhodes <laughs> is better than Sean Mooney. Now, this might be interesting. Dusty versus Lordship. They're both mm, there to do the same thing.
1: I think lordship is more like guest or whatever like yeah, still, he still did it
0: a lot too I, Quinn. no
1: I'm just saying he still he feels more like guest where Dusty felt more regular well I you mean to I mean? be fair
0: yeah lord didn't do pay-per-views no Dusty did a bunch of them. and I think that's saying something too that they had Dusty do their pay-per-views that is true but, I mean it, they had Tony and Bobby and they
1: still David felt had like garbage breath or whatever and he didn't <laughs> like you know what I'm saying <laughs>
0: garbage whatever breath. his name is Yeah, face. face yes so you think Dusty's better than Lord? I mean, he's certainly funnier, more entertaining he's than funnier, Lord. I think... I love Lord, though. I think...
1: Here's the one thing about Lord Alfred is his... um He's very awkward, but... And I'm not just saying that because of WrestleMania, but... No, it's right. Like, the way he commentates... He's that, sometimes It's like, yeah, like, sometimes it's like he doesn't know what he's saying or whatever. He's more stilted. Yeah.
0: He's not as natural. There's not as much flow as with a Dusty yeah, Rhodes. Yeah, Okay, that's fair. So then that brings us to Dusty versus Michael Cole. Hmm. That's tough. I know it is because
1: Cole. Well, or, is Cole getting just like credit because he's just, I, I've been doing this for 30 years or whatever I the think fuck. he's
0: good. I don't think, I mean, look, he's at number 15, Quinn. It's not like we're elevating him on a huge pedestal. Yeah, but I feel Dusty is closer to like 11
1: or something. What? Yeah. Or no. You think
0: he's better than Cheese Voice and Bob Cottle? Might be better than Cheese. What? Yeah. I don't know about Cottle, but. Well, Cheese is above Cottle. Is he? Yes. Oh shit! Yeah, I know. We're still upset about that. I keep forgetting about <laughs> his his smelly ship over there. But well, if you want to hop over mm-hmm. Col- co for a second, we mm-hmm. put Taz above Cole. Is Dusty better than Taz? I think he is. I do too. So then, by virtue of that, then we can put him.
1: Yeah, above actually, Taz. it's nice that we have that we're at the end here and we have this whole ranking because we can easily like if we index, need to adjust, yeah, like we can see like <laughs> well, <laughs> if Dusty is better than Taz and Taz better than Cole, then right. obviously Dusty's better than Cole.
0: So that would mean that Dusty's right below Paul Heyman, hmm. which is tough because that's, that's supporting tough. a lot of weight being under is, Paul Heyman. I think this is a little closer to what I expected. Yeah. Or what I, what I
1: think, at least what the science is telling me, the beakers Red, and all Right, no, this, of course, yeah. the beakers and the lab yeah. coats.
0: I don't think there's enough room for both of them. Well, I don't think there's enough room for Heyman anywhere, but I think that Dusty's probably better than Paul Heyman. I hate to say, I mean, yeah. Paul Heyman's a sharper wit, probably, and... I don't know about that. Actually, he's entertaining. He's pretty yeah. sharp. He plays I, it Dusty, like he's not. You're right. Yeah,
1: Dusty is playing somebody who's not supposed to be like you know very Mister Intelligent, right? But he really he, is. In, in In reality, he's the smartest guy in the room, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like True. he he's got us all fooled that he's this common man, right?
0: Yeah, I can't put Dusty above Coddle, so I think it's either he's got I I don't know about you. What do you think? I think I wouldn't put Dusty above Coddle. Coddle, this is the rare time where Coddle might beat somebody. Yeah, I think so. But I think it's either Dusty's right below Paul Heyman or right above Paul Heyman. What are you thinking? Mm. I think he's just above him. Okay. I and- feel more comfortable with Dusty
1: and, like, whenever he's around. And Paul, you know, again, I think the the length of time is so short.
0: Yeah, I mean, Paul... As a major announcer, he did it a little bit
1: in WCW. I even think Paul himself would probably say regarding Dusty, he'd yeah. be like, of course he's better than me. Like, that's that's just insane.
0: Well, they both got stuff over. They both knew what to do. They were both entertaining. They were both charismatic. They both
1: were promoters, in a sense. so they knew <laughs> Bookers, what they, yeah. they knew what they were talking about. But you, you know? just think
0: that D- Dusty... I think
1: Dusty was slightly
0: better on commentary. He edges him out based on body of work. I mean, Heyman did do WrestleMania 17.
1: Yeah, that's true. But that's but, the only big but, thing he you hey, did. Hey,
0: I forgot forgot to mention Dusty did the
1: Hogan heel turn. There we
0: go. Yeah, he was on the announce was, crew for he's that. What,
1: he's one of the notable voices saying like when Bobby says who is he on,
0: "Get out of here." What are you talking about? Yeah, like yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like this is a
1: doc day for WCW, you know. doc day Tony.
0: Yeah. I can put him above Paul Heyman. I think he's more well-rounded. That's not a fat joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that time it wasn't. I think he is more well-rounded than Paul Heyman. I think that they're both very good. It's neck and neck on a different day. The lab results might show something different. Yeah, you know, from day to day. But I think today they're showing in favor of Dusty. What do you think? I agree. But that's his final spot there, right? Because he's not. Who's, he, who's he below? Caudle.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's that's about fair, right. right? Yeah,
0: that's that's about right. Okay, that's fair to me. So that that finishes number nineteen. I can't believe Old Cheese is higher than him. But <laughs> well, whatever. by proxy, yeah. All right, Quinn. The moment that Gino Cuddy has been waiting for. Here we go. The moment you've been dreading. Yeah. What do we do with Gordon Soupley? Let's start him at Lance Russell and go from there. Okay, Lance Russell is number six right now. He's that low. Damn. All right. I think Gordon's better than Lancey over here, but that's just me. I'm, I'm sure the Lance Russell-ites are are It is very territorial, over. isn't it? They're very like, he's the best it's, thing to ever happen ever, like. I wonder what Mills thinks. Mills probably likes Lance Russell the best, right? Yeah,
1: but I, I've never heard anyone in my life say that Lance Russell is better than Gordon Sully ever.
0: I don't know that I have either. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we have a, we have experiments to conduct here, and the science will show the results. So they're both very territory style, right? I mean, Yep. They for could the bo- most part. They could both work very well alone, they're which is not easy. They're both very weatherman. No, kind of I, n- newsman, I'd say. News- I, I'm just, that's my joke. Yeah, it's just weatherman. somebody in a newsroom, but. They're both professional at it, but they're also yep. charming and unique. Right. They have their own unique styles. I think Gordon on two things is better. Match calling, mm-hmm. knowing the moves and stuff like that. And just legacy and career. I mean, also, Gordon's a little more dynamic. He's done the serious and the, the crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Memphis Quinn, Jackie Fargo territory. Right, L- but Russell's done some
1: spoofy shit. But I'm saying Gordon did Continental, right? So Yes, of course. So I'm just saying, like, Gordon's kind of, he's a little more dynamic. Lance Russell did one fucking thing. For, for the like, most part. And, and that WCW stint you always mentioned. So but. basically
0: what you're trying to say... And I agree, if you are trying to say this, is that Gordon Solie's resume is more impressive. It's not even resume. It's that he was good at both of those things. Like I'd it, say his resume yeah. factors. And I mean, yeah. he called freaking you know, Ric Flair feuds and stuff yeah. like that and Dusty well, Rhodes I'm just saying stuff. You and, can
1: have a resume where it lists I did this, this and this. But were
0: you good that's at what a resume? This, is. I'm
1: saying, were you good at this, this and this? And that's why I'm saying Gordon was good at he was good. at. I mean, Lance know? was good at everything he did. Yeah. Don't
0: get me wrong. But he didn't do as much of a wide range of right. things. So dynamic. You're right. OK, point taken. So Gordon over Lance, right? That and on. I think I'd rather listen to Gordon. I yeah. think I, his just overall style. I love Lance Russell. You know that. Mm-hmm. I've been a big, big proponent of him. Gordon's better, right? Gordon's better. Yeah. He All is. right. I agree. Is he better than Shivani? Yes. Um, go ahead.
1: Okay. Let's let's. We got to be fair because we're
0: in the upper echelon, here. Yeah, right? I'm just saying yes preemptively, but go ahead. I'm saying probably yes preemptively
1: too, but I want to just. Give yeah, Shivani, a chance here. Go ahead, Shivani. Like we said, very prolific calls. Did it for a really long time. Yep. I'm not going to argue at length here with either of these guys. Sure, of course. Shivani. also did both big promotions. The big, the big he big ones. He did. Gordon only did one. Different stuff. Yeah, different fair, time. Different, to be fair. Yep. Yep. Um, Shivani. Um, I know this might sound weird, but he comes off a little more charismatic
0: to me. I don't know. I, I think Gordon's very charismatic in I his own way. I think
1: Gordon is, too. It's just Shivani is more boisterous. It, it, that greatest night in the history of our sport. Yeah. You, but know, you know, that kind of thing. As
0: a result, Shivani can be more off-putting. That's true. Gordon's not that, off-putting that can be, ever. That
1: can, be, that can be both. It's like a double-edged sword. It can you know, be in your benefit or not. That's right. So...
0: Mm. I think Shivani is not as good as Gordon Soley Quinn. That's true. I, <laughs> I just think this. I, is I, I really like Soli's Shivani. Better. I think it's. I do think it's a disservice to say he's not
1: as good in like the sense. Like we're kind of like kind of poo pooing him there, but I think My he's i I'm just saying he's a very good announcer. Shivani's like,
0: a very good announcer. Right. We're not saying
1: that he's like he's bad at his job. We're just saying that when it compares to the Gordon Soley professionalism
0: right. uh, and the legacy yeah. of gordon solely the influence of gordon right, so this exactly. is the guy that popularized pure six brawl and crimson crimson mask and these little right. turns of phrase and he knew how to handle pandemonium we didn't even mention that kind of thing yeah though. right that's what gordon did i mean he he was one of a kind and shivani is you know everyone's technically one of a kind but shivani to me is a lot more replaceable right. than a gordon Soli how about that Fair enough. Is that a fair way to put it? Fair enough. Now we come to the color commentator pair that we've usually been grouping together because they're so close anyway. Bobby Mm -hmm. and Jesse. This is going to be hard to compare against Gordon. Well, that's the thing. We're either making a determination like we did with Gorilla and JR. It's either he's got to hop both of them. Here's
1: here's the thing. As I say, he hops both of them because... Um, he's one I, of the top announcers well, of all time. I think we, we just haven't really said it, and you just kind of said it to us there, but he's upper echelon. Like, he right? really like, is. So it's kind of like he gets the automatic hop over the, the top um, color guys ever.
0: Right, and I think working in his favor is the fact that working alone as often as he did... Guess what he was also doing this whole time he was doing play by player? He was and doing he was the doing color the commentation, obviously. But <laughs> Too bad Luthes didn't yeah, make it, Lutez <laughs> for his like, four times That's he did it awesome. in his life or whatever. Yeah, I think that, look, we Brain and Ventura are the best color men ever, clearly. If there was a Mount Rushmore, or whatever this
1: is, uh, <laughs> yeah. royal, royal, royal Ranking of only color commentators, which I don't even know if there'd be enough people,
0: but oh, there if is. there was, these guys would be at the top. Correct. But that said, holistic. Well-rounded um, yeah. approach here. They made it in because of what they did for the color commentary chair. And actually,
1: chair. it's impressive because I think they're probably at the highest they could possibly be. That's what I'm saying. Like,
0: like as, as their job is, you know what I mean? They transcended what was typically just the sideman type of role yeah i mean became, these guys are
1: over somebody like cole like, right Right. you know what i mean
0: by they, a lot <laughs> they superseded that sideman sidekick second banana roll and transcended that into becoming stars in their own right from the color position right like a john madden yeah exactly you know? I something, mean, something john like madden that had video games named <laughs> <in that term. laughs> madden 97 madden 98 madden, yeah. madden 99 That's a lot of Madden. football 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 yep so let's just hop solely over Brain okay. Ventura. I think that is right. That's fair. It's Gordon freaking solely. Okay. I mean... This is where we get in the rarefied era, right? This is the hairy era.
1: Yeah. yeah. So who do we got next? Jim Ross. Yes, Jim Ross. Okay. So the student versus the teacher, right? I the, mean, that's, that's the, kind of what we got going on here. Yeah, the dean versus did, the mean. Now, this is hard because did JR exceed his master? In what
0: regard? It,
1: um... Well, I think we can say this is JR was at the tippy top of the industry, like as far oh, yeah. as like in like the biggest company in the world, the best thing going in his day, like.
0: But so was Gordon. If that's you think true. about it, NWA All the work and Ric Flair, did there. And stuff yes. like
1: that. Yeah. Um, but JR did. He was number one when the industry was at its hottest. Correct. You can say
0: that about now. We know that that is partially, you know, it's not really a result of him so much. No, because one time you and I were talking, well, did people turn off raw when he had the Bell's palsy and Michael Cole did it? No, but we know that Jr. certainly helped the whole product flow the way it did.
1: Here's the thing, though, is perception is sometimes reality and Jr. might be perceived as really number one, like to people who grew up with him right just as gordon is yeah i was gonna say the same thing i'm saying is is
0: more people
1: got that perception
0: well it's tough to say quinn
1: (sighs) i'm just saying the the number one guy the attitude era like that's really hard to to argue with
0: the number one guy of the nwa during its height
1: i'm I'm just saying
0: and then above jr we might as well throw him into the mix now too is gorilla the number one guy of the hulkamania the golden era i know that, to me... This is why it's really hard.
1: See, whereas I could personally... I could see Gordon um, just edging out JR, especially because it's like student-teacher kind of situation. Yeah. I don't know about Gorilla. is such a wild card. Like, Gorilla is, to me, so radically different than these very than any traditionalist
0: guys like, like him and him and vince yeah are totally different and vince isn't good really like gorilla as good. is
1: like gorilla it would really it's it's really hard to say that he could be worse than gordon like it, it's really hard well let's like,
0: look yeah no i know and we're talking about two different totally different mind frames and approaches yeah, to commentating. Whereas wrestling. Gordon
1: being better than Jr is a reasonable thing. Just it's reasonable, because, I get, yes. I, I get because of their relationship. As far as like, it's 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 the next version of Gordon's style. Well, Jr patterned himself on Sully,
0: right? right? So that but, whereas itself, Gorilla
1: was his own
0: pattern he and, was just
1: gorilla monsoon and i think people try to replicate gorilla monsoon a little bit you I, can't exactly but you but, can't
0: uh, do solely really either no one is gordon solely well jr is the closest thing that's yeah, it or was anyway in the 80s yeah. right into the 90s let's well let's before we try to let's let's decide solely and jr okay okay they could both call a match so that's that's a wash. I, th- I mean, Soli probably ca- I, called more moves, it's but it's that doesn't very matter. realistic that Gordon could stop here. But you really think so? It's, it's
1: possible because JR might. It might just be a matter of JR just as the next step
0: exceeded him. Like you know what I mean, as being the next version of him. I'd say their legacies, if nothing else, are equal. They're equal. I don't think JR exceeds Gordon in terms of influence or legacy. Yeah. I think now in this day and age. JR is probably more well-remembered because of the product he called, and he had a lot of over-the-top bombast that Gordon didn't need because of the era and the product which he called. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Gordon, yep. Gordon's not as sound y as JR is. Yeah. By God, all that stuff, right? Gordon's more of just like a smooth... Gordon's the same pace the whole fucking show. He's like Red Barber. You ever heard of Red Barber, the baseball announcer for the Dodgers yeah, and then yeah. went to the Yankees? And a guy like uh, Gorilla, or maybe even JR, is more like a Mel Allen who was the over-the-top, yeah. bombastic Yankees announcer, whereas Gordon was just easy-flowing, just keep it moving, and professionalism.
1: Okay. I think um, we're getting to a point where I could almost... I could hop JR here, but I think Gorilla is <sighs> where... It gets
0: tough. I'm still trying to make sure we should hop. Jr. Do you really think so? <sighs>
1: I, I, just, I do I, want I, to, I, I but I'm trying to think of how. I just personally think the fact
0: that Jr. Had to pattern himself after him says a lot about Gordon and his influence. You mean? Yeah. And who knows how many other unsuccessful commentators aspired to be Gordon Soley? And here's another thing, Jr. If we're going to
1: be very holistic here, oh, we are. Um, Jr. Now is, is is like uh, no. I'm <laughs> in all seriousness. Jr. Yes. I don't know how. Like Gordon didn't really decline ever, and no, Jr. No is kind of he does have a decline in
0: him. So does Gorilla though, Quinn. Fair enough. Hmm. It's it's rare that you don't. I mean, Lance Russell really didn't. Gordon Soley really didn't. Yeah. The thing is that Gordon Soley, I think, overall legacy, overall product, he called it's so different than what Jr. called. so yeah. It's tough to stack that.
1: I mean, Gordon called Continental. That that's yeah, that's the closest thing you could say to the attitude era for him.
0: I really like listening to Gordon. I think I think you'll warm to him over the years too. I think yeah. you have a little bit. Okay. I think you have. I do
1: have to say this one thing might be against Gordon. Yeah, Gordon is better by himself. Yes, I am. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Is that is that a knock against that? Maybe he doesn't work well with others. I'm I'm serious. This a
0: report card?
1: No, I just mean that like. You could throw Jr. and Gorilla with absolutely anybody, and it would be fantastic.
0: Almost anybody, right?
1: Gorilla, definitely. I mean, Johnny
0: Polo, yeah. like,
1: it, like it didn't. It, Ray Rougeau. like, it doesn't but fucking you, matter. Like, like, thank you very much, yeah. Gorilla. Yeah. But
0: you could read the other side of that coin, and that's Gorilla sucks by himself, and Jr. isn't great either. Well, true. That Puerto Rico show. Yeah, and Jr. Anything he did in WCW by himself is yeah. not good either. So, I mean, there's two sides to that coin, right? A true. A lot, lot of coin. A lot of coin.
1: Oh. And I th- in that sense, I think the happy medium is to put Gordon over Jr.
0: And then well, we, we got a yeah final stack here against Gorilla. Yeah, I think it's fair. I I want to put G- Gordon over Jr. because Didn't of Gordon work with Coddle sometimes or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh yeah, Starcade I mean, eighty three or four something yeah. like that. Couple of, yeah, that's definitely. not that bad. So no, okay. they're good together. Yeah. All right, I want to put my official uh, lab result is showing me that we should put a uh, Gordon Soley above Jim Ross because of overall influence legacy the overall kind of legacy i don't know if jr has a legacy
1: maybe not yet I, I
0: mean i think he does quinn i just don't know if anything can touch gordon Soli except right. maybe gorilla monsoon now now we're really getting into north versus south here I, now <laughs> we're getting into entertainment versus wrestling if we do gorilla versus solely now totally different styles now here's a weird one um do you think gorilla if
1: needed to could do wrestling and Gordon, if needed to, could do more in
0: entertainment style and vice versa. Like, could they do each other's thing? Like, like it, yes, but not as well right. as the other, you know, right. Exactly. As the other person. But yes, I mean, if you've ever listened to some earlier gorilla, when he was more of a straight laced play by play announcer, like mm-hmm. when he started doing it, he's good. Yeah. He's not Gordon Soley in terms of match calling, but guess what? Gordon Soli is not Gorilla monsoon in terms of entertainment. Right. It's two different things. Their approaches are so different. The product they cover was so different. It's apples to, like, not even oranges. It's like apples to tuna fish. Yeah. uh,
1: Okay. Can I propose something that might seem a bit radical? It's not a tie, is it? It might be a tie. Get out of here. Is it possible? Is that a thing that we can do on this?
0: Well, if Luger and Bret Hart both won the 94 Royal Rumble. Mm. I don't know. We can't tie. Come on. Yeah. There's no surprise entering or anything, folks, don't no, worry. Th- not this time. Not we this didn't time. skip
1: somebody or no, 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 no. anything weird. Ha. Huh. Is it is it possible? What? Because
0: they're so they're so opposite, you know, like I think it's a cop out to tie. Uh, I think we gotta pick someone. I just okay. Let's think here. Let's think. Gorilla Monsoon, not a good match caller the way Gordon Soley is. Yeah, but he's right? also calling Hulk Hogan matches, so did he really need to Thank be? Thank you, like, exactly. Gorilla Monsoon, part of some of the most entertaining wrestling broadcasts ever. I'd
1: say some of the most iconic
0: wrestling right. things I've ever
1: seen. I can't to be fair to Gordon, I cannot say that. But like, I, I, Right, I agree. I, I cannot say that, like, like. I know he was at the first Starcade, but nobody fucking cares about that. Like in in the I grand know. in the grand, grand scheme. scheme of things,
0: yeah. And you know who called like uh, all the Flair steamboat shit? Jr. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it was, Gordon It Soley. wasn't even Gordon Sully. Uh, but that doesn't, you know. But Sully called a lot of 70s stuff.
1: Yeah, but always like after the fact on some fucking murky videotape, a
0: millimeter film. <laughs>
1: yeah, like that you're seeing like two years after it happened.
0: You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, I think that Gorilla monsoon. Somehow, if this is even possible, is more irreplaceable and distinct than Gordon Soley.
1: He's got the intangibles like more the so Derek than Soley kind of deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, and I think it comes down to Red Barber versus Mel Allen. It's just that they're both beloved, but they're just so different. Or maybe, let's call Gorilla the Phil Rizzuto, as I've been. You know. He's never going to be one of those guys. That's the best technically. But that's not what it's all about. Gordon would be number one if it was just the technical ability and how to carry a broadcast. That's true. Gordon's like a textbook, whereas Gorilla,
1: it breaks the mold. You know, he breaks the book gorilla broke the book
0: exactly right. and gorilla still was successful at it he declined a lot more than Gordon did he had a shorter career than Gordon Sully, but he called a lot of memorable stuff and I'm not saying solely didn't however I think when more people when when people think of gorilla Monsoon they remember humor they remember being entertained they remember things feeling important I'll say this about gorilla too
1: I think he's more translatable to a um, newer audience whereas Gordon. If you showed him to a newer fan, I don't know if they'd be able to really deal with it. You think so? I really do. I think the the, the conversational style of Gorilla Monsoon has resonated and become more the prevalent style than the Gordon Sportsman version thing.
0: I mean, like, I, guess, I guess there's truth to that, Quinn. Although, let's be fair to Gordon, he he would still put stuff over and, and, and tell well, anecdotes and asides and things you like that. This
1: you say this? That's kind of a... That shows us the impact of Gorilla Monsoon. No,
0: is that that
1: his way is the way that eventually became the modern
0: style to, to a degree. But no one has ever been like Gorilla. No, but I'm
1: not saying they haven't. But the more conversational talking about shit, like yeah. while you're watching the match, and a little bit maybe making a joke here and there, even like in the middle, like like I said, Phil Rizzuto style. Like, you know, it, it really did. It, it ended up. In all wrestling, and it's not just WWE, but in any company I watch, you know, it's tomorrow is now. Yeah. Or like when we watch Lucia Underground, like those announcers are kind of talking with each other (laughs) a little too much (laughs) screwing around. But like, again, that's all in the vein of of Gorilla and Bobby or Gorilla and Jesse, that kind of thing. Right. Whereas I don't see a lot of just straight up like this is a sport and I'm calling this sport. Like Morrow's like the right. rare exception. <laughs> and even with him though, he's still like, he throws some bombast in there. with Oh the yeah. No, Mia. he's great. Yeah. Like, so, <sighs> okay. I think Gordon's style as much as it, like it's going to annoy a lot of people who are like Gordon purists or whatever. is didn't end up being the way that everything else went. And I that guess. says something about it. legacy.
0: I think overall that, again, it just comes down to which style one person prefers versus another. Yeah. I love and appreciate both styles. I mean, this
1: is our vantage point podcast, which has been <laughs> traditionally our a, vantage point. No, but I mean, it's been more of a northern style. I mean, it is. I mean, ask Mike Mills, right? Yeah, it's like he, right. that's what he says. We're the northern version. Right. I feel like
0: we're almost like betraying our audience or something if we like. Well. You know what I mean? I I don't think we would ever betray our audience. I think Earl Monsoon is number one. I think that he is. I do too. and That's just can... my
1: personal opinion. Also, it, it's not. But I'm just saying, like, as far as like how this has gone, unfortunately, in this case, we're we're being brought down to this point where it's really just a style preference. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 unfortunate. Right. But I don't know what else to say. Like, okay, it, it's like. Mm, for such a scientific list to come down to that... It, it has I, to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we were as fair as we can possibly be to Gordon he got all the way to number two, but I, I mean, think...
1: mean, Cripes, he's number Kripes. two.
0: Crepes. Yeah. I think we'll leave Gorilla at number one. Yeah. To me, I'd rather listen to no one else. All right, so we'll leave Gordon Sully at number two, Quinn. It's official. Wow. Okay. That's a good... Hey, I don't want to hear it. I like, don't either. That's really good. It
1: is. And <laughs> I think on any given Sunday, personally, I think Gorilla Monsoon and Gordon could yeah. flip.
0: And JR also could move instead of tying and we'll just leave it at that
1: on an any given Sunday that it maybe could flip,
0: yeah. it could flip. Okay. Now I'm going to read you the top 10 and then I want to give you a few fun things about the list. Okay. okay. So he- here's a, the current official top 10. Number one, girl, a monsoon two, Gordon Soli three, Jim Ross four, Bobby Heenan, five, Jesse Ventura, six, Tony Schiavone, seven, Lance Russell, eight, Vince McMahon, nine Joey Styles, and ten Jerry Lawler.
1: King made it in the top ten. He did.
0: Now, folks, I want to give you two other lists here, real quick. <laughs> I got a few things here. I want to give you if we split out the play-by-play and the color separately. Because that was Google a concern. Yeah, there? you got Matt. You got uh, a <laughs> charts. Because that was a concern of people. Well, here's how it would shake out if it was just the play-by-play men. Number one, Gorilla. Two, Soli. Three, Jr. Four, Shivani. Five, Lance Russell. Six, McMahon. Seven, Joey Styles. Eight, Mauro Ronaldo. Nine, Mike Tanay. And ten, Bob Caudle. Okay. Very respectable top ten. Yeah. Now, here's the top. It's only eight, actually. Color commentators. Okay. Bobby Heenan. Jesse Ventura. Okay. Jerry Lawler. This totally makes sense to me right now. Dusty Rhodes. Yep. Paul Heyman. Taz. Lord Alfred Hayes. Jim Cornette. How about Perfect. that? Yeah, that works. Now, I want to also, before we get out of here and go to break, want to give you the list of people that did not make uh, <laughs> the pool. Are these just
1: randos? Uh, or are these people yeah. who
0: were actually voted
1: but had like one vote? Some of
0: them had much. Some of them just missed it. Here are three people that just literally missed it by a vote. Randy Savage. Or Randy yes. Savage. Rod Trongard. Oh, Which I wish okay. he would have been. He's yeah, good. He's
1: interesting, actually.
0: Bill Mercer from World Class. Yeah. Ah, the Cotton Bowl. Nah, I'm not a fan. Corey Graves. Fuck him. Dave Brown, not the quarterback for the Giants. The guy from Memphis. Roddy Piper. Scott Hudson, Scott Hudson. Eric S- Bischoff. Poor Scott Hudson. Eric
1: Bischoff. I'm surprised Bischoff. He's to me. He's Vince's like he's Vince's he like equal or
0: whatever. But Johnny Polo. Kevin Kelly. <laughs> Mark Lawrence. It's really a shame Johnny Polo didn't make it. (laughs) I know. I'm thinking about it. Kevin Kelly, Mark Lawrence, Michael Hayes, (laughs) Hell, (laughs) hell? Mango, Terry Funk, Chris Cruz, David Crockett, Gene Okerlund, Mister Perfect. (laughs)
1: No, we don't want any of that.
0: Don West, take return
1: card. Dutch Mantel, who is good? Yeah, that's okay. That's weird that he didn't make it. Lee Marshall, they're great.
0: Uh-huh. A yeah. Uh huh. Weasel. I'm sitting in this hotel room for a week. <laughs> Bill Watts, fuck him. Uh Boyd Pierce, the other guy from Mid South, he stinks. Joel Gertner, he's fine. <laughs> that's funny. Josh it. Barnett, Larry Zabisco. No, just Matt, no. Matt Stryker. Hey, I have no problem with him. Angela Mosca, King Kong Mosca. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Petey was the only person who voted for him? <laughs> Booker T, Bruno, Corey Macklin, Dave Prozac. <laughs> from R-O-H, he sucks. Dave Prozac, Don oh. Callis. Callis is okay. Like, Duke. <laughs> Duke got a vote? Yeah. <laughs> Ed Whalen from Stampede only got two votes. He four. is horrible. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. He is. I can't condone him being on this list. <laughs> Josh Matthews. Uh, Larry Nelson. Wow, how many
1: people were voted in? This is like a million. Renee Young. <laughs> hey. First, I, pe- first I, female.
0: Yes, she's not good, though. Uh, hey, super, don't super be superstar nice. Billy Graham, brother. <laughs> I think Renee's better than him. Tom Phillips pushing you right off the table there. Yeah. Bradshaw. No. Coach. <laughs> Ew. Craig DeGeorge. <laughs> what? <laughs> David McLean. <Ooh. laughs> Excalibur. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Mick Foley. Okay. Gar Maxwell who honky tonk
1: man okay whoever that, that <laughs> had to be a joke vote <laughs> like because he's on like six episodes of superstars or something and, like, and, like a couple like, of a, raw yeah in like, 97 get out of here jay saldy Ooh. no wait don't we know that name sounds familiar jay sully oh jay sully this shitty like ecw who like, about him? <laughs> yeah
0: jeremy Barash. Brash, yes, that's his name. Borash. <laughs> Borash sorry. John Tolos, coach. What? When did he commentate? I don't even know that. Cal Rudman from How Philly. How many
1: people were voted in here? Larry Matson. Is there like a hundred? Lord
0: James Blears. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel McGuinness. Nigel's okay, I like him. Pat Patterson. Only uh, one vote, I'm surprised. That is surprising for Pat. I'm only doing this because it's the finale, don't oh, worry. Uh, Randy Hales oh rich brennan only one vote (laughs) wait rich
1: brennan the one that got like sidled out by phillips fuck phillips by the way for that (laughs) i'll never
0: forgive him for that the french fries shane douglas shane mcmahon and william regal that is a lot of freaking people but folks Uh, how
1: many is that also do we know who the number
0: one or whatever would have been the the fan fan, vote the final thing yes thank you for reminding me i almost forgot before we get out of here here's how it would have been if it was just the fans top 10 as voted by the fans you ready for this This is going to surprise all of you. Bobby Heenan. What? Jesse Ventura. JR. Gorilla Monsoon. Wow. Vince McMahon. Whoa, no Gordon yet? Tony Schiavone. (laughs) Jerry Lawler. Lance Russell. Oh, my God. Gordon Soley. (laughs) And Joey Styles. That's a top ten. I'll repeat that. That's great. That's
1: fucking fantastic.
0: If you're taking notes at home there, Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, JR, Gorilla Monsoon, Vince McMahon, Tony Schiavone, Jerry Lawler, Lance Russell, <laughs> Jay- <laughs> Gordon Sully. He's better than this. And Joey Styles. That's so good. Thank <laughs> you. I knew you'd appreciate that, Quinn. So folks, big thank who's, you to everyone that voted. Who's what? the guy who hates King? Uh everyone. Oh the guy, I don't know. I forget his name. Yeah, okay. The guy is probably so mad about that right now. <laughs> big thank you to everyone that voted and congratulations to the greatest announcer of all time according to the science. Gorilla gorilla Monsoon. (laughs) Folks, when we come back, we're going to take you down to something Quinn and I had never watched until this episode. It is weird, wild, wacky stuff, and it also really sucks. It was on CBS in 1985, and it's coming up right after this.
1: Well, gentlemen may i just say in the closing seconds here that it has been an extreme and rare pleasure to work with the two professionals like you we've been the protein and i certainly want to thank you for everything that uh, you have afforded me over the years and more particularly, right here on wcw pro
0: For well, wcw pro and the protein you know myself larry zabisco i tell you what gotten solely it would take us five or six or seven eight days to do justice to gotten solely what he has brought to not only the Pro Show, but rest in particular. This thing, like I said, was already over before it started. We know what means going, but the bottom line, Garden Sully steps on out of the boot right here this morning on the Pro Show in the bigger and better things because you've always been one to not let one dream stop you. Garden Sully, good luck to you. Goodbye from the American Dream, Dustin Rhodes. Well, you have to go, Gordon. Have, have a nice time. Oh, <laughs> you silly.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what. So long, everybody. And now let's throw up to
0: Chris Cruz, please. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is our season 12 finale, episode number 120. Thanks so much for 12 seasons. seasons. I know. Thanks so much for being with us here, guys. As we are wrapping up yet another season here, we're starting off a new month. Next week, of course, we will be starting off a new season. So be sure to check that out next Monday. But Quinn, did you know, besides our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast, there are other podcasts out there. We're not the only podcast. No. Um, you, I'm one lonely network. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so we just want to shout out uh, real quick here. Three friends of the show. We want you to check out. They're great shows, and they're all independently done. There's no Conrad Thompson and Blazers and Westwood One or Podcast One or MLW, none of that stuff. Podcast Ass. Podcast Ass. Check out the wrestling podcast about nothing on Mondays. It's WPAN, hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One of them is a retired referee, Mike Crockett. The most retired ref that I've ever... He's more retired than Danny Davis. Yes, he is. Yeah. And his partner is not retired. He's a wrestler that just signed recently with the Ring of Honor. Hot contract. Hot contract, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Does that contract have any uh, match stipulations on it or anything? I hope to see him at the Big April show in MSG. I'm telling I you that too. much. We'll be cheering him on. Yep. Really cool show. It's on Mondays. They bring their unique perspective as guys have actually worked in the business. They'll mix up a little current, a little retro, a little perspective and reflection. And also check out on Thursdays, the Critically acclaimed. I mean, this is I, a really, critic's
1: favorite. The, the critics are talking across the nation. (laughs) I think Golden Globes. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Village Voice. Village Voice, yeah. It's really amazing, the response from the critics. Yes. It's been remarkable.
0: It really has been. It's for Greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown. It comes out on Thursdays, and it's the best thing on Thursdays since Seinfeld, if you know what I'm talking about there. It's one lonely man. His name is Peter Winson. Must see PD. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) Must see Uh, PD. Check out PD Winson and Greetings from Allentown, because what he'll do is he'll take an old episode of wrestling. He'll review it. But as he's revealing it, you're going to get all sorts of weird trivia facts, anecdotes, asides, misdirections all types of things talking about cats and Ron yeah. Kittle and bourbon it's usually those three things specifically yeah. uh, but it's a great show very quirky unique a lot of flavor to it it's Greens from Allentown check it out on Thursdays yeah. and also check out man if you like your ratchet wrestling looking of flavor with a side yeah. of grits yeah. and barbecue sauce yeah <laughs> check out our southern fried brethren Quinn we referred to them in the last segment it is probably they love Gordon Sully I bet <laughs> is. They
1: w- he would be number one on their list
0: he definitely would be Booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. They do two shows, actually. They do one show where they talk about and review the NWA, the Jim Crockett Promotions Era, in 87 right now, I believe. And they also do the Smoky Mountain Territory, which oh, is like Jim Cornette's promotion, of course. You gotta listen to that one, then. Check that out. So it's our three friends of the show. We've got the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, G, F, Allentown, and The territory with Mike Mills. But Quinn, as we have done for so long now, since episode number 11, we are reviewing something here to close out the season. Oh, it's something. And this. I don't I know what this is. can't even believe it existed.
1: I don't know what this was. It's
0: pretty unbelievable. I don't know why this happened. Here's what this is. It's called the All-Star Rock and Wrestling Saturday Spectacular. And I don't know how I'm going to fit that into the title of this <laughs> podcast. Just, maybe it will just be WSS. All-Star Ass. It's from September 13th, 1985. And what this was, I think, was an attempt by CBS. This is aired on CBS to promote their new fall Saturday morning lineup. So it's basically a glorified, like, commercial. Yeah, here's what's
1: coming up in the fall cartoon line. Only the cartoon lineup. Yeah,
0: essentially. Yeah. It's not good. Oh, no. It's one of the stranger things I've ever watched uh, that WWF has any hand in.
1: I can't believe it was commissioned because it's a little much for just, like, a fall lineup preview. (laughs) It really is. It's a lot. You know, I was getting, like, halfway through this, I literally was wondering to myself, like, what Self? did this cost? Like, Too much. Because it, it's like a really elaborate set, a studio audience. You'll like, see all the guests. It's, it's
0: insane. Yep. So, Quinn, why don't we just get right into it, folks? You can can find this as of now on YouTube if you want to follow along. But, Quinn, you had something to say at least about the thumbnail. <laughs> I have to admit the YouTube preview image does look cool. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: the logo, it looks like it's got a little... 80s Japanese flair to it. I, I, it's 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 kind of cool looking actually. It's not
0: a bad little logo there. Yeah. Uh, this Quinn is a CBS special presentation recorded at an earlier date. Yeah. The following program was recorded at an earlier date. A presentation at this time cool
1: like i like why do they need to do they,
0: do they really think that i'm thinking like well because it's got wrestlers on it it's so live. it must be live <laughs> yeah they didn't need to specify that yeah we get a cold open to a crowd chanting outside while scott osborne no relation to ozzy that i, mean, I know he's of, more of a doof yeah like, he's, he's very not doofy.
1: cool like he doesn't eat pigeons heads or
0: anything no no he says are we on are we on yeah and he's outside of stage 55 and explains that roddy piper has taken over inside a primetime tv show are we on are we on
1: good evening this is scott osborne reporting from outside stage 55 first of all 55 <laughs> second of all clearly not outside now it's a uh, soundstage
0: yeah. right it's, it's not at all outside no not at all so scott interviews some other dweeb who describes how piper took over and he basically said he, he came in he said it was his show and he took over so hang on <laughs> is it that easy you we should just try that we're, we're taking over let's go down uh, to 60 minutes next yeah, week and yeah. take over that get mike wallace okay, off that's of there whoever enough
1: let's <laughs> i don't know take over the NHL on Fox or something. Well, no one watches that anyway. Yeah, that's not exciting
0: enough either. Nobody cares about hockey. Yeah. (laughs) But that's how easy it is. You just come in and you're like, no, this is my show. It's that I guess so. Uh, So the dweeb says at first he thought Roddy Piper was Ted Turner. What? I don't know.
1: First of all, how is Ted Turner somehow involved in this?
0: I have no idea. Because first I was thinking, well, Vince, but no, because Turner. Oh, well, maybe Turner got handy because didn't he buy the time slot from Vince? Yeah, but the the what TBS? does that have so to do Maybe with Vince this? was already grumpy about this?
1: Turner. Why is he being mentioned in like something on CBS that in has 85. No, really not much to do with wrestling at all?
0: No, and then I was thinking Rupert Murdoch, who was like Turner's rival, but Rupert Murdoch was Fox, which hadn't been founded yet, so I have no idea. Uh, it's a weird mention. Anyway, the dweeb says a Piper had bagpipes, and Scott's mm-hmm. now just been informed that they've located the file videotape of Piper. File. File. So we throw it to like, somewhat of a rather generic package, which just shows clips of Hogan and Piper, WrestleMania, and msg house shows now, shit like
1: that the outside crowd can somehow see the clip and they boo it it's so bad <laughs> it, it's, oh,
0: yeah i know horrible so here's um, a very small person named herve villachez who da wanders plane. over yeah da
1: plane. <laughs> it is da plane. i call him fez uh, you call him all sorts of things but
0: I, he's just da plane da plane it's but from Fantasy Island. literally it's yep. da plane da plane yep. da plane, da plane. He was supposed to be the host, allegedly, so he's all upset that Piper took over. This is hideous, Already. Joe. Like,
1: this is a really horrible thing. It's a bad premise. Why? Why is he involved? <laughs> like He hasn't been relevant since, like, 1970s. The yeah, yeah,
0: literally. So uh, he threatens to choke out Piper. Maybe he reaches ankle. He
1: sounds like he ate an ashtray, to be honest. with you. He's like, I'm so mad. Yeah, no, he's more like, i so mad. Like, it's horrible.
0: <laughs> and Scott, all deadpan Scott Osborne, says, good luck. We're all rooting for you. So I guess he ripped that run out of Leslie Nielsen in yeah. an airplane. He also throws to,
1: as he calls it, television grand larceny. Shut <sighs> up! I
0: know, right? Like, Seriously. That is so dumb. So we go into Piper's studio with a helpful curtain here that says RP. The credits are funny, though, as we see Gary Owens, who, uh, he actually also Ooh. announced, Gary Owens was uh, a voiceover guy, a DJ, but he also announced the, like, 94 to 97 era of America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget after Ernie Anderson no recollection fell into of ill health. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Saget! Anyway, uh, so we see him and Roddy Piper himself in like a pirate million dollar man suit with cry- a kilt. The
1: crying on the screen shows the host is supposed to be like Fez or whatever. Yeah. And then an actual hand yes. comes on the screen and puts Piper's name and impressive cry on skills. Very I impressive. Must- that is the most impressive crying I've seen on anything.
0: Very good 1985 cry on there, yeah, right? Yeah, it was amazing. So, Quinn, our guests are going to be Patty LaBelle, mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman. Because, of course, well,
1: it's <laughs> a du- it's a wrestling thing and it's on TV. New edition, that well, hot young yeah. boy band. Are they even like a big deal by 85? Yes. Okay. They still are. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, you know, the kung fu karate basketball player. Also whatever. from
0: Airplane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Captain Lou Albano, of course, the man that invented WrestleMania. Yep. Yeah,
1: I mean, of course, he's the connection, really. And it wouldn't
0: be 1985 without Hulk Hogan. Yep. Plus, Quinn previews of the Baron Stain Bears, the Wazzles, mm. the Muppet Babies, and Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling.
1: As usual, I'm not sure. How they went back in time and changed Stein to, to Stein or Stein to Stein. Berenstein, yeah. How did they do this? Like,
0: that's the uh, Mandela effect, it's in right?
1: Everything.
0: Yeah, that's because that's really what it was called the whole no, time. No, it wasn't. The entire time it was, was called Baron Stein. Baron Stein. No, it was Stein. No. Baron But the, no the, one the said Berenstein it right. The Baron Stein Bears. That's all it is, is no one said it right. There's I, no like alternate universe, don't worry. Mm-hmm. If there was, we wouldn't be so sitting here doing to this do show. with
1: John Teeter and all that There's shit. There's no from, John like, Teeter. Remember
0: Ham? No, don't bring that up. Yeah. And now. Here's Roddy! So Piper enters in his kilt with three ladies in these ridiculous hoop skirts. Yeah,
1: they're like well they're like puffy
0: skirts. I just call them the puffy girls. They're puffy girls. Yeah. (laughs) And now here's Roddy! Crowd boos, and then Piper's like, "Ah, me, Escott, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Springsteen, and myself to do the show, but they made the right choice." And the crowd kind of can't help but laugh at Piper, even though I'm sure like the boo sign was on. <laughs> he looks like an idiot. Like, <laughs> he, he, he looks so stupid. <laughs> Literally, pirate million dollar man He's on got, top like, the socks. <laughs> yeah, like. the Scottish like kilt and sock combo. Yeah, he looks ridiculous. Huh? Piper says, "New edition was mowing his lawn." Yeah, that's not racist. Yeah.
1: how does he do that? Like, <laughs> he just throws that in there, like and just keeps babbling. But, He's like,
0: and then I was walking out of my house to see how am mowing my lawn, and I looked up, and there was a really tall, skinny guy. It was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he's really skinny, and then I saw Big Fat little Bano, and why are you on my front lawn? And then he segues into making fun of Hogan, saying he's already beat Hogan a million times.
1: I'm, I'm in my house. I'm in my house, and I'm and I'm having just a good time. I look out, and New Edition is mowing my lawn. <laughs> You're mowing my lawn. Why the— fuck is Piper giving a monologue like he's like, he's like yes this is there's like a curtain behind him and everything it's a told Johnny Carson deal
0: <sighs> Piper, insane it's bad Piper says that Cindy Lauper is now working in a pet shop scaring goldfish with her hair right okay uh, now we throw to Piper's big scene in the <laughs> Goonies allegedly
1: but then some production guy claims the clip isn't ready. So Roddy gets mad and then suddenly it's ready. Why did, why was that joke even there? Yeah, like, there's why, no payoff. There, there's no pay. It's just the clip's like, okay, it's on. Like,
0: yeah, li- like literally it's like, okay, let's go to the clip. And the guy's like, oh, uh, Piper, it's not ready. Whatever, it's not ready. Okay, it's ready. Yeah. like <laughs>
1: Then why did, why even do the
0: joke? What nope. a waste of our, what a waste of like 15 seconds. <laughs> like, anyway, it's not really the Goonies movie. It's a clip of that uh, music video. Yeah. Goonies are good enough by Cindy Lauper. Yes.
1: I, I mean, he was very notably in it now. Right. Didn't they come out of like a van or something? A limo, like, yeah.
0: yeah. So it's Piper, like Blassy, Iron Sheik, all get out of the limo and they run into Lauper and Albano. Piper refuses a cookie or something and it just cuts away. <laughs> Back to Piper who's in like a Scottish <laughs> cardboard throne. It's like a throne room. Yeah, it's, it's like a dungeon. Uh, Piper introduces his guest, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as we get a wider shot of the set. And it's really, so big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, they need a wider shot. The the set really does look like, it looks like a dungeon set on like a rejected Nickelodeon pilot yeah, or something. It, it's I mean, so this, cheap. It's like a fun house, practically. <laughs> it's awful. It's bad. Uh, Kareem has khakis on. He looks
1: like he's like 50. This he is does. before he shaved his head and looked slicker. Yes. Like, remember, right, right. In like, the 90s. Least, uh, him shaving his head was probably the best thing he could have done to like make him seem younger Great
0: career move. Yeah. yeah, I believe he's only probably he's 38, be his, 39 yeah, I, here. I would
1: say he's in his late 30s because like he had just retired around no, this time. No, he retired in 89. Oh, he was still, I he think was still so. playing the basketball there?
0: Off the top of my head, I think he retired well, in I 89. Was, I thought he retired earlier. I no. guess I was wrong there. But uh, this is kind of funny. Piper's like, you can open doors with those knees. <laughs> and then Kareem's just like, I have a question. Who are you? <laughs> Big pop for that, a- by the way, from the crowd. Like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Kareem accuses Piper of cheating all the time. So Piper makes fun of Kareem's defense. And yeah. then Kareem just like, well, you cheat a lot. Lame. It's like the
1: most lame comeback. That's it's his like, only
0: comeback. He's like, you cheat. You, no, cheat. you cheat. No, you <laughs> cheat. No, you cheat. We throw to a clip from the Baron Stain it's Bears. Not called that. Yes, it is, but not before Kareem uh, accuses Piper of wearing a dress. Of course, uh, you yeah, know, we gotta, gotta make throw that, that joke. In. Clip of uh, Papa Bear getting caught in a tree. I can't believe I'm saying these things. <laughs> and then Ralphish Ralph tries to come sell some experimental pumpkin seeds to Papa Bear. By the way, that show sucked. It was yeah. so bad. I just need to clarify Steen stain i don't know what you're talking about anyway kareem leaves and piper's like let me tell you something what a jerk <laughs> it's kind <laughs> yeah, of funny th- 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 is funny that <laughs> that's just basically all he says what a jerk man what a complete jerk <laughs> so then kareem throws a basketball <laughs> randomly <his> <laughs> and then it's like ha, ha 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 and then like that's the end of the scene right uh, i yeah i won't lie i did laugh at it that part so dumb what a jerk Boom. Yeah. Anyway, backstage, Irve uh, here, Fez, is trying yeah. to get his show back by just knocking on random doors like, Give me my show
1: back. Somebody have me. <laughs> the plane. The plane, the plane. Ugh,
0: this is brutal. We come back and Piper is in the crowd like he's Phil Donahue or something. <laughs> he sits down with some um, some very festive Roddy Piper fans. Dude acting like a lady, not Robin
1: Williams, but no. yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? I don't like, know.
0: Oh, how are you?
1: This is Salvatore. Salvatore. I am Ira Nussbaum. I'm the president of the Roddy Piper fan club.
0: They're like this one effeminate guy and this other guy and they got Piper shirts and paraphernalia. This like Doubtfire and like his friend <laughs> that has friend. like a has Where do like I the, call my mother? It's like
1: the 1920s hat. It's like so like yes. Calvin Coolidge hat on like <laughs> or something. I don't Calvin know. Calvin Coolidge hat.
0: Would that be on the Death Valley of hats? You think the like straw Coolidge? Yeah, hat? Coolidge hat. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe anyway, Piper asks is fancier if they've seen all of his fights. Yeah, his fights. <laughs> That's what they call them. <laughs> how, fights. How many fights? How many fights will you see that night? Back to the throne room here, where Gary says Hulk Hogan is next, but it's on tape.
1: I swear, Piper's footrest to his throne is like a dog bed, and he also has a control panel for like reasons <laughs> yeah, on, the, on the side. Like, what? did you notice that? Yeah, it's like, like, it was, like what the fuck is that thing? I don't know.
0: Piper decides to make chicken noises because Hogan isn't here; he's only Horrible. on tape. Owen stirs the pot a bit as we throw to the interview backstage, pre-taped.
1: Now, I like the continuity here because Gary says, "Thank, Thank you, you Herb." Yeah,
0: he's supposed to be the host. I mean, that's true. See when they pre taped yeah, exactly. Yeah, Gary. Obviously, thought that it, Fez here was going to be the right, host, and
1: there's payoff too because they said earlier
0: it's like this is pre-taped or whatever in the special ah, thing. You look see? at that! Yeah. Anyway, Holka is in an obviously fake locker room somewhere, oh, very fake, and he's like, "Well, you know something, gorgeous Gary
1: Owen. He's also very proud to be on Fez's show very or proud. whatever. Herb,
0: yeah, Herb yeah, Plane. <laughs> He says that uh, Irv is working out with him as we go to a is clip. It Irv or Herve? Irv. Irve. As we go to a clip of Piper watching this whole thing on a TV with like a disgusted look on his face. <laughs> Hogan's all excited, though, about his new cartoon. You know why? Because the kids will be able to watch it because it's during the day because they can't stay up late and watch him on okay, TV. Let me ask you a question. How
1: would they even know who Hulk <laughs> Hogan is if they can't stay up to watch him in the first
0: place? That's a very good question. And plus, isn't Superstars on during the day? Yeah, it's definitely on at like noon. Well, then again, he's not on that. He's not like MSG and Saturday Night's Mean Event, not right? Not yet. Superstars
1: in the Morning isn't on, is it?
0: Oh, it's still Championship, actually. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, we see a clip of the cartoon. It's weird. Hogan wins. JYD dances. Sheik and Nikolai are up to no good in some weird street this race. This before they smoke that crunk together. Oh, definitely. <laughs> By the way, do you know who did? We didn't get to hear him talk. You know who did the voice of Hulk Hogan on the show? Oh. Brad Garrett, the Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond. Really? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. You are
1: ass. That
0: (laughs) that guy? You are ass.
1: (laughs) That you are
0: ass. Anyway, back to the Hulk who says... Man, that really turns me on. What? Ugh. Ew. Like, I don't know. Why did he say that that way? This is a kid's show. 85 Hogan's really strange. Yeah. Anyway, Gary says that there's 10.5 million members of the Hulk Hogan the fan fuck club. Get out of
1: here with that.
0: That's <laughs> bullshit. I know. There
1: isn't even 10.5 million people watching wrestling no, in 1985.
0: There's not. There's not. Then we get more skirt jokes about Piper. Apparently, that's the only thing to make fun of about the him. It's the generic, like, this is the only thing the celebrities notice. Aren't they... in? Aren't they, like, indirectly indicting all Scottish people that wear kilts because of that? They're making fun of an entire country. This
1: isn't the era of, like, Uh, political correctness, by any means. (laughs) I mean, we had,
0: like, he was making fun of, like, Kareem and stuff. True. Come on. Good point, and new addition. Gary asks him to say something nice, but Hulk's got nothing nice to say about Piper. Really good baby face over here. Well, he's just fighting fire with fire, Jess. That's true. Fair (laughs) enough. As the tape gets all garbled up and down, we throw to Piper, like, pulling it out of the machine. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to admit, that was fun. (laughs) And we go back to Gary, he's like, I kind of like the whole thing, actually. (laughs) Yeah, so dumb. Let's go to New Edition now. Who uh, lip sync in their glitter-y, <laughs> glittery red suits? Did they have a cartoon? Like, why are they here? Like, I I'm,
1: <laughs> like I really was confused by this. They just are like da 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 da, and then they're just <laughs> dancing, and that's nothing.
0: Yeah, the song they're doing here is "My Secret." Did you get it? Which is from their 1984 album, New Edition, uh, self-titled. Self-titled. This is towards the very end of the Bobby Brown era of him even being oh, I in the band. he
1: was even there. Yeah, he was there. Like, I didn't even look
0: for that. Only a couple of more months and he'd be gone. Anyway, the song happens. Crowd shots, fake screams, very 80s, and I'm not sure what the purpose of this is. I don't is. know. Like, what did that do to help anyone watch this, you I'm, know? I'm definitely gonna watch Baron Steen Bears now, whatever. Steen. We now see Irv, Irve, talking to the suit we began, and he literally says, the plane, the yeah, plane! That actually <laughs> happens. I can't believe he said his catchphrase. I was like, I was just... Joking.
1: like that, Yeah, like, right, uh, right. They're, they're, he actually says
0: it. He really does say it. Uh, anyway, we're back as Piper now has New Edition with him in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. They complain about the chairs. Oh, they do suck. They do. Yeah. They look bad. Uh, Piperette now walks out with a bowl-sized glass of some green shit. Like a goblet. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I don't know, but New Edition wants some of it. Piper's like, oh, down the hall, across from the bedroom, there's a soda pop machine. And then another Piperette comes out with a big tray of uh, turkey legs. <laughs> they were like oversized
1: turkey legs too they were like way too big (sighs) i almost wonder if they were just rubber like, maybe. Like, you know, he didn't
0: really eat it, right?
1: Maybe they only brought out one edible one, and the right. rest were just,
0: like, like <laughs> toys or yeah, something. Yeah. Dog toys. New Edition says that they usually have catering. You know, they're hungry, but Piper won't let them have any. And then he says, you know, they need bagpipes so they can get paid for their work. That becomes a theme, by the way. To yeah. any
1: of the musical people, he, he keeps recommending
0: bagpipes. Yeah. And then he hands out eight by tens of himself, and then they tear them all up so Piper leaves. The and The stage
1: then, is like a mess ugh.
0: afterwards. Yeah, like, like Gary <laughs> Owens sitting on the floor
1: with... Again, it looks very like nickelodeon yep. like double dare like yep. everything is falling apart and there's shit on the floor and it's a
0: mess and yep way too many colors like <laughs> people talking all over each other like you yeah. were saying they can't it makes no sense yeah anyway new edition decides to introduce us to an unnecessary clip of the wuzzles
1: i don't even remember this card it looks like crap like what was this show
0: garbage now saturday morning cartoon fans out there okay we watched them. We had them still in the early '90s, but we were born like in this time. I was just born yeah. in '85. Quinn was about to be born in May of '86. Right. So if you were around back then and watched this specific lineup, was this show good? Well, here's the thing: is the ones that were successful they
1: did last into our time. Like that's the thing. If you notice that's while true. they're showing these, like Bernstein Bears, Stain. and later on the Muppet Babies or whatever. Yeah, like, I remember it, that being yeah. on a lot. Yeah,
0: so but I never heard of the Wuzzles. It I guess the Wuzzles <laughs> didn't make it
1: because maybe it was just this season and
0: it failed. Maybe it's supposed to be the Weasels, but Andre named it. <laughs> I got a new show for yeah. you.
1: It's called the Wuzzles. Maybe. Bobby that, Heenan. That totally makes sense. It's a good chicken. Uh, anyway. There's a lot of turkey there. They're talking <laughs> turkey.
0: <laughs> Back to Gary Owen, who presents a scene from King Lear starring Roddy Piper and Lou Albano. Why? This is... I don't know. This is
1: horrible right? is this really is really bad
0: the kind of shit
1: that I would expect like Vince McMahon wrote this yes
0: absolutely I yeah. believe you called it Donnybrook theater level stuff oh it is <laughs> it is
1: absolutely
0: Brook theater level maybe stuff. that's where Vince got the idea so we throw to some like middle school quality set where Piper paraphrases and ad-libs the entire scene
1: Now that we're going to divest the territories, split up the loot, take it all, tell me which one of you
0: loves me the most. Piper goes all borderline daffy duck. He's like, where up here is... The Duke of Cornwall. I hate this. I, I hate it. Like, it's so bad. Albano wanders out dressed pretty much regular except for a big vest. Yeah, he's He looks so fat. He does. <laughs> like, he's just so fat. So Lou does like a terrible job on purpose. Like, he's disgruntled with the whole thing. And Piper's just like, just read the cards, mister. So they keep breaking the fourth wall and ad-libbing, which is... Kind of mildly funny, I guess. It's
1: okay. I, I, It's funny, but it's not. It's not really. I don't
0: really understand why well, they did this. Because it keeps going on and on. One of the girls brings Piper a skull, and Piper's what? talking to him. And he's like, alas, poor Hogan. And Albano gets so close to Piper, so Piper shoes him away. And Piper's like, he's a feller of infinite failure.
1: A feller, a feller, a feller of infinite failure.
0: Ugh. It just occurred to me, Quinn. Yeah. We're watching something now. That actually aired on TV where Roddy Piper Mm -hmm. is dressed in like dollar store 14th century garb (laughs) talking to a skull.
1: This is the kind of stuff that makes me wonder, did they just like carny everyone in 85? Like, did they somehow like pop culture just thought this was good like for temporarily and they i can't
0: imagine anyone thought this was good quinn
1: no because this level of garbage like this seems like this is the whole goes into i was saying this in the wrestlemania review about how like wrestling was so offbeat and cheap and stuff right that it seemed like a subset of celebrities thought this was so cool because it was so weird i can't see anyone thinking this
0: is cool well, Cindy Lauper apparently yeah, did because they produced this yeah, or whatever that's idea. Yeah. So anyway, Roddy Piper throws a skull to Albano, who throws it right back, and then Albano brings out Pee Wee Herman because, of, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
1: in WWF history and E! Too history many. like has he been involved in too many like, remember when he was on Raw yes, and shit yes. like what the
0: fuck remember when he was in the movie theater anyway yeah. Uh, big pop for Stop. Pee-wee and Piper's like are you repping me and Pee-wee's like can I be king now and Piper puts the crown on his head and everyone just takes a bow yeah it just abruptly ends like what, what? Meanwhile, Irvi here is with Dweeb again. I don't know the guy's name. Yep. Uh, he goes to make a phone call to someone who can help him get a show back. Back to Piper, who now brings Pee Wee out onto the set. He presses the drawbridge
1: button so Pee Wee can actually come out of an actual drawbridge. That <laughs> was funny. What in the hell? Like what? Like no. What is this? What are they going much for here? How money? <laughs> Somebody had to build that. <laughs> right. like, do you realize like, how insane that is?
0: Well, maybe it's just like a fold-up thing with a chain, and when Piper Either pressed way, the button, a stage s- hand. Either way, somebody... Add to build that that's true. Like yeah. That's insane. I bet you it pre- this is a pre-existing set that they yeah. used. I guarantee you it it's was laying around somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, it's Pee Wee Herman. He gets in his lines like, I know you are, but what am I? And so funny I almost fell up by dinosaur. Yeah, and, <laughs> That was a good impression. Actually. Thank you. Piper mocks him for that one. He's like, oh, so funny I fell my dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like making fun of his pants and why they're so short, why his hair is so greasy, his bow tie is silly. So Pee Wee's like, you know, rubber glue, sticks to me, you, blah, blah, blah. Again, why is he I associated with them so much. I don't know. At least he wasn't in 91. The
1: level of like Vince McMahon's
0: (laughs) grasp of humor. Yeah. It's not childish. (laughs) Is that what you mean? Piper's not impressed at all and tries to tell some parable about a rainy day, but Pee-wee just starts taking his shoes off and Quinn... (laughs) If you look very closely in the background, you can see Melthuth <laughs> sneaking in. <laughs> this was
1: really awkward. This shoes off thing
0: well, and socks because now Pee Wee's showing Piper how to do sock puppets, and he's like, "Hello, Mister Roddy Puppet." What in the actual fuck is this, I don't know. Joe? Joe, this was. <laughs> This was just it felt
1: wrong. Like I, I just felt like I was watching something that this is not for kids. To this adults. Is, this is not okay. Sock puppets. with their ass like, thrown. I, I don't know why Piper's putting Pee-wee's sock on his hand that he was just wearing. Now I think that's a punishable offense in some countries. <laughs> Mel Phillips is should be the only one that is putting that sock on his hand.
0: Oh, uh, we get a close up of their sock puppets talking to each other. This is on television, folks.
1: You. No kidding, you stink.
0: <laughs> now pee We introduces a clip from the Muppets, Babies, and Monsters. Well, we have Muppets, Joe. We have them.
1: Oh, Muppets and wrestling. Oh, you can't avoid it. Yep, it
0: really happened, folks. I,
1: I said I'd, I'd pull it off. The Muppets. Oh, you pulled it off, the sure. Mu- the Muppets. <laughs> so, yeah. You produced this, They huh? are superstars. We've sure. Essa- I mean, it was many years later that they established that, but this was kind of like the preamble, uh-huh. right?
0: We see a live action Miss Piggy coming into the room while Kermit and Gonzo were watching TV. And now we switch to the animated Muppet Babies Fozzie telling a bad joke while a 1920s crowd boos. Then we see Animal. Then a live action Gonzo. Waka, All right. waka, waka. Yeah, waka, waka, waka. Back to Piper and Pee Wee. As Piper has finally had enough, takes the sock off his hands, saying he has athlete's hand. I, <laughs> kind God, of funny. So that's good. Piper brings out Captain Lou again to actually compliment him being a 15-time tag team champion manager. Mm -hmm. Tremendous guy doing charity. Albano's suspicious, but Piper's no. I want to shake hands here. Why don't you sit down? Why don't you stay on the show? And of course, when Albano sits down, the chair breaks. He's fat. Get it? Waka, waka. Hyper throws to break as we see clips of a uh, Dungeons and Dragons animated show. Yeah, Land of the Lost, not
1: the stink version. No, no, Remember no. The monkey <laughs> yeah, stink right. from the nineteen nineties version. Yeah, not this bad. is another one that's like even looks cheaper. terrible. Yeah, it looks really bad.
0: Charlie, <laughs> oh! oh! run! Head for the tunnel. And the Charlie Brown and Snoopy cartoon. Mm-hmm. Back to the set now, where Albano angrily leaves after having gotten up. So Piper introduces, of course, Patty LaBelle. Isn't she like 50 here? Like she's a little 41. Old. Yeah. So look at that. So yeah. two people that look 50 that are actually 40, Patti LaBelle and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Anyway, she's got like her awful used feather duster hair, you know, yeah. that whole thing and a blanket wrapped around her. <laughs> She performs her 1984 single Stir It Up which was also in Beverly Hills Cop for the record. Oh uh, nice.
1: Not a particularly good song though or performance. It feels like they wanted Tina Turner and they couldn't get her. And by the way there's like a clump in her hair that's <laughs> just absolutely bothering me the whole time. I can't stop staring yeah, at it. Yeah, it's, it's just, bad. She it's looks just like like a clump, a clump. like and then the spike on the other, I don't know what went on here. I would
0: have been much happier with Tina Turner. Cuz yeah. 80s Tina Turner is very good. It's, I mean no I disrespect swear, to Patti LaBelle but
1: I swear Patti Bell comes off as an imitation here it's it's kind of sad of a villain because like, isn't she from like the 60s or something well I mean everyone I mean so is Tina Turner yeah but I mean not everyone was your
0: read Franklin I mean Cindy Lauper isn't from the 60s and well, she was just, young here I'm just saying Gladys Knights from the sixties. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, the whole cast dances around with reverse for a second. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, back to Irvy here uh, on you a payphone. Herb, yeah, Herb, Fez, whatever his name is, Fez trying to get his show back. Yeah, Patty Labelle is now on set with Pee Wee and Gary Owens. This whole thing is a mess, Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> whole way this whole show rolls sucks. is it's so confusing. So disjointed. It's
1: like, it's it's just like a Fez in the back and Patty Labelle in the front.
0: Yeah. and a dungeon. <laughs> the modern mullet. Fez cha- in the back. Patty Labelle in the a, front.
1: A chair <laughs> that's made of. Hardboard, Turkey.
0: A drawbridge. New like, edition. It's, it's madness, really. King Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Piper's like, oh, who was the chimpanzee that jumped in your hair? And she's like, the <laughs> same one that jumped in your face, honey. She says it's not even Piper's show to begin with. Yeah, and Piper says he begged her to come to the show. That <laughs> she really... says Piper begged her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? something like that. Yeah. Anyway, Piper says the song was great, but guess what? Yes, it needed bagpipes. So a <sighs> piperette brings out ba- the bagpipes. This trend again. Yeah. I, I don't like this. Patty LaBelle threatens to break Piper's face. <laughs> (laughs) she puts her hand over his mouth very bold very bold we clipped to a ser- CBS story break, this like some so- old man or something. <laughs> I, <this laughs> what was this? I, I can't help but laugh at this because he's just like,
1: welcome to CBS story break. And then it's just like a bunch of random cartoons, but it's just the old man walking in like a storybook land just seems like so yeah.
0: off well, to me. Well, it's like all these me- random clips of CBS <laughs> cartoons under, I think you called it pop metal. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was pop metal. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really, just absolutely bizarre. We come back and Pepper's like, that was a lovely clip, all sarcastically. Yeah, I agree
1: with him on that sarcasm.
0: Piper and Labelle continue to bicker until Piper brings out a Cindy Lauper look-alike, What's Faye Lamboyant. Her name is. This is, is
1: horrible. What? It's uh, all
0: bad. It's a homely lady dressed like Piper uh, Lauper. The crowd she's boos. She's not homely
1: as much as she's seventy. Like, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of does a Lauper impression, and the crowd can't help but laugh.
1: You look like Cindy Lauper. Is incredible. Could, um, do you have troubles with that? Do you have? Oh no, no. Um, people kept stopping me in the street and asking me to sing "She It's so stupid. She talks like Roseanne combined with Cindy. Yeah, yeah
0: a little bit. And then the on-screen <laughs> on... Screen cry on- not Cindy Loper. Yes,
1: I have to admit they've had a lot of fun. Thank you, Cryon. Like you, Not Not Cindy
0: Loper Cryon is pretty good. Whoever the Cryon operator is, you yeah. know, the best boyer or whatever, yeah. who does Mr. that. Kryon. Mr. Cryon. Mr. Cryon, good job. Yeah. Uh Piper gets her to say how great he is, you know, they hug the crowd boos, and then Roddy says that he's been a terrific host, hasn't he? And the crowd cheers because behind him, yeah. Quinn the real Cindy Lauper herself wow. comes out with Hervé Fez, yeah. and Cindy's like, "Now that you got your bagpipes and all filled with wind, why don't you go blow away?" Now that you got your bagpipes all filled with wind,
1: why don't you blow away? I have to say, she looks really cute here. I guess, yeah. yeah I was like, I was like, well, you know, Cindy, <laughs> this is when she was good.
0: She was good, yeah. Like, this year,
1: all of this crap that's on this show and there's it's crap. Just, it just feels like it's like ancillary Cindy Lauper video shit. Like that's like, but it's it's like the real
0: star is Cindy Lauper. I guess so. She's only here for like a minute. She apologizes to the crowd and the I, guests. She should have. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing has been horrible. Yeah. I can't believe we've we been put through this. And then she invites the crowd to the studio next door. They're going to do a real good show there with Fez. Yeah. So the crowd all leaves as Piper yells at everyone from the stage with his bagpipes in hand. We fade to break. We come back. Piper is still yelling as the crowd is all leaving. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. Roll credits. Uh. Yes. Produced by Sid and Marty Croft. Yep. David Wolf. David White Wolf Productions. Copyright. TM. Yep. All Ham. And Cyndi Lauper, yep. written by Mark Evanay, who wrote Garfield and <laughs> Friends, which really explains a lot if you think about, about it. about this. There's just no lasagna involved, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad Garfield wasn't on yeah. this. That would have been better.
1: Wasn't he on CBS, actually? Yes. Yeah, I
0: remember that. I Channel think, 2. Channel 2. It started in 87, I mm, think, or 8. I see. Odie. And uh, Gary Owens does a promo for rock and Wrestling before leaving. Piper's still all bitching about everything as his fan club. You know, those They're two the guys. They're only ones left. They show up. They say he's amazing. Yeah. And that's how we sign off. This was a piece of shit. Yeah, what a piece of garbage. I feel like they put all the
1: effort in just the logo. of the, <laughs> that, the, And that was pretty much it. I will say, Cindy was fine in this.
0: There was a few. Yeah, she was. She was the only
1: highlight for me.
0: There was a few funny li- funny, Like, a few funny lines. I think... Personally, Cindy Lauper's a genuinely
1: like, like she's just good on screen. Well, she just wants to have fun. Yeah, but I, I just it's the accent and everything. I just find her like really funny. And I don't stuff. like you, Ronnie yeah, yeah, Korn. Exactly. That whole it's attitude. like she just she like barges in the end of the show and kind of saves it. Would you say she's got spunk? She's got a lot of spunk. She's got a lot of spunk. I, I would have her on this show in a heartbeat. Would you not? Like I, I don't she, know. Interview her about this. So Hulk Hogan and Ronnie Piper Hulk and all Hogan, this. Yep. Yeah,
0: Quinn. This sucked. <laughs> oh yes, it did. There's just no way around it. This was yeah. terrible. A dandy production uh, or my, whatever. Yeah, like, dandy. David Wolfe, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, D A N D I. Yeah, get it. G- wonderful. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. This was one of the worst things that we've watched. That <laughs> wasn't a wrestling show. I, yeah, it sucks. It's pretty bad. There's nothing good about this. There's, There's no, no redeeming three funny qualities. Things. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I yeah. mean, I like him and everything's great. in airplane. I feel like he was well past good, like good popularity player. by this point. I think he was still popular. I mean, airplane was what 1980. 80, he was not still playing as basketball. Popular by eighty-five, he was on Full House in like ninety-five, so that should tell you something. Yeah, he's remember he helps Jesse play basketball. The involvement of the Beach Boys at all? No, no, don't bring up the Beach yeah. Boys. I, I
1: have to ask whenever you bring up this Full House. Yeah, no, Full the Beach House.
0: Boys are not in that episode. They're I in see. several though. Full House remember episodes. When they were on the desert island. No, that's a different thing. They, they <laughs> are in a desert island, and then there's like a tribal band, and then another one. They just go to a regular Beach I Boys think it's concert. All like Bernstein Bears, but Stain. What do you mean? Anyway, this was a stain. Yeah. I don't know what this did in terms of critical reception. <laughs> I don't think it was.
1: I truly believe that this is like any like this is what's coming up this season thing. This is an infomercial. What I, what I really don't understand is why they would spend this much money on set design. I don't and all know if they did, though, Quinn. To premiere, to premiere five cartoons like that are <laughs> like coming on Saturdays on CBS. This is probably why CBS, like. Ended up being the really like shitty Cartoon Network is because yeah. they put all their money into shit like this, right. getting Cindy Lauper and stuff. And they didn't really focus on the cartoons. And really, like, Fox and ABC and NBC kind of had their number in the cartoon department. ABC was kicking ass for a while
0: in the late 80s. It's true. Now, folks, if you know any more about this, let us know. I would imagine, like Quinn said, it was just a Saturday one-off thing to try to promote the new fall lineup, which was probably starting very shortly. But they were
1: capitalizing on, clearly, the WWF being popular. And they're like, well, if we can get them, like, you know, the people who like uh, Vince McMahon's old championship wrestling program, they'll definitely, like...
0: Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Saturday Night's main event was NBC, right? Isn't that weird? They're just, they're just had his hand in a CBS lot of shit. CBS is just
1: leeching off here to try to rub the WWF's magic onto their cartoon lineup, which sucked. Do you ever see Rock and Wrestling? It's not
0: very good the cartoon I mean
1: no it's bad and I think it only had like
0: one season no it was like three two really well, well a, couple a season of years. back
1: then, actually it might have been one season because a season for a cartoon is like 300 episodes <laughs> so like <laughs> you know
0: I, you know that's true and a season for us is only 10 and folks thank you so much for being with us for yet another season as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling before we get out of here I just want to remind you follow us on twitter if you have one at OVP Podcast. email us podcast at gmail.com join the facebook group real fun time and if you want to just at least check out our Patreon, if you're thinking about donating, patreon.com slash Podcast. If you have Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a review there. And if you have anything you want us to talk about, any suggestions, let us know. You can go to our website, ovppodcast.com. But really, genuinely, thank you guys for being with us for now 120 episodes. Wow. It's been a great time being with you guys. We will, of course, be back next week. It's WrestleMania season, Quinn. The Hall of Fame the Bites will be coming Mania's up soon. WrestleMania is coming. New uh, Royal Rankings, yep. new opening segment. Same old reviews, same old Joe and Quinn. Until next time, thank you again for another great season. I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. And we will see you next week. See ya. wrestling fans <laughs> it's good yeah sorry okay so the, <laughs> that
1: oh this is good for the blooper yeah round. i know N- no we can skip this joke oh i'm going
0: to yeah. don't worry yeah. this this is gonna make it ah, this won't see the light of baby day boom. i never saw baby boom <laughs> quinn before we review something i want to remind our uh huh. Yeah, I want to remind them. I want to remind our somebody. So. <laughs> I'm gonna just redo the whole yeah. thing. In three, two, one. I'm out. Yep. I gotta on my nose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go blow your beak. <laughs> no cookies on your mustache. I don't want to put him above bub Above Bob. <laughs> I so I think that's the kind of like footage that the kind I- of covef? What do you say? <laughs> But yeah, our Facebook group is a fun time It is a series of tubes And a bunch of tubes over there You know, you can be a tube uh, f- What the fuck am I saying? You can totally be a tube Mr. Tube <laughs> Bring that back. Mr. Bucket He has a tube in his mouth Mr. Bucket So it is, okay yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just roll it back Three, two, one This is quite boring in the ring But the cloud wait wi- <laughs> But the cloud <laughs> It's a big Miller light. I know <laughs> come to your house
1: all he got from his light beer
0: <laughs> oh using a mcdonald's napkin desperate times call for desperate measures is that a mick napkin <laughs> <Make> a <tissue>. <laughs> <laughs> don't get any pookies in your mustache <laughs> we're gonna, Joe's, keep, we're gonna keep rolling fallen off the um
1: thing we're rolling i'm rolling you're you know. definitely editing this out yeah, right I'm editing it out but i'm rolling <laughs> do you need to like get up and fix that
0: trying to avoid the effort I, I don't know if you're gonna
1: <laughs> be able to avoid that Wait. what did you do could
0: you uh <laughs> I need your help no down there I dropped on the floor of the cap Um good lord thank you okay hang on
1: this is why you get the live feed <laughs> yeah. is this real right now I that okay, okay that doesn't look right I think you're breaking the table okay. it's free yeah that's why you shouldn't break cause it's free <laughs> shut up it oh, looks yeah. horrible. There's like sawdust coming out of the table. Let st- me yeah, get up. Oh boy!
0: This is the best way to open it. Up- it's a great
1: opening. Okay, you need to unscrew that a little bit and open that up. It's lefty loosey, righty tighty.